Dave's got the trailer for Attack of the Clones here playing, and, and there's no sound to it. And it's like, when you're not listening to it, it's a lot more impressive looking. <laughs> <laughs> like, cinematically, you're like, oh, that looks really great. And then you're like, then you're like, oh, you have to listen to what they're saying. <laughs> Get away from her, you bitch! I am your father. We all go a little mad sometimes. Turmoil has engulfed this podcast. The taxation of... <laughs> Sorry, I can't. I'm bored already. Uh, this is Sequel Harder, and today we're discussing the Star Wars prequel trilogy. My name is Qui-Gon Dave, and my Padawan learner is Eric Juan Katsuleris. Roger, Roger. <laughs> today we will negotiate the taxation trade routes with the hosts of Philly's Full Count on News as Dave and Jack. Welcome to the show, guys. This is tense. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Billy's full count. You hear that, yeah, Jack? We're going to bring it back. A, oh, yeah. This summer, we're going to bust through numbers 15 through 99. <laughs> there you go. For those who haven't heard it, including myself, what is the uh, what is that show about? We It was when he was little. I mean, how old were you? You were little, little, right? Yeah, I was either like elementary or middle school, I want to say. Okay. And you're 21 now. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I had this idea where we were going to go through every number of the Phillies and pick the best Philly to ever wear that number. And there are several candidates, and then we would settle on who was the best. Some of them, are, you know, there were no-brainers. But uh, we got to, what did you say, 14? I don't remember the exact number. I think we got it to 14. Which, and we did zero. So we did 15 episodes, and then it was like, you know, time for school to start, and we never went back to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so people who have listened to uh, this show uh, and other Neo's shows will know Dave. Uh, he's been on our Rocky episodes of this show and, of course, Star Wars in Character, which is why we're having you here today. And I know I've heard Jack, I, Matt, Jack, we haven't met before, but I know I've heard you on, like, Best of Fives and other stuff. What other what other shows have, have you guys been on together? Um, I remember my first ever podcast experience was on an episode of the Grady's ah. when I was, I don't know, seven, eight years old. <laughs> and we covered The Little Mermaid. It was my oh, first right. time watching it. <laughs> I hated it. And to this day, I still do. So I'm looking forward to this unnecessary remake because I think it'll actually be better. <laughs> <laughs> well, much like, speaking of The Grady's, much like that show, we like to go through our history with the movie we're talking about today. So I know, Dave, you, you've been the host, a host of Stars and Character for well over a decade now so we know you're a star wars fan at least what about the prequels the prequels were exciting for everybody i think during the time and uh i remember being swept up in that and then being disappointed because they just weren't i don't know like everything that i say about star wars from now on like you know dave you and i are about the same age we just sound like i just sound like an old man (laughs) like you know like complaining about things that weren't like they were when i was little but with the things that disney has done since they've taken over i have a greater appreciation for the prequels than i did before so my views on the prequels have changed over the past i want to say five years 
Um, and if the, anybody listens to old episodes of Star Wars in character, I was always really hard on the prequels, but I'm not as hard on them as I used to be because of what has transpired. <laughs> but also, I remember, I think you saying that you were always a, a big, if George Lucas made it, it's canon. If it, he didn't, it's not. Yeah. And I still feel that way. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, it does. That's that's a stupid hill to die on because that's <laughs> it's just not the way it is anymore. But uh, yeah, I mean, he he's he's the reason for all of it. So if he was putting it out there, I was at least going to listen. And I always was a fan of episode three. Mm. I've always defended that. Like, I think that they, they ended on the highest note of the three. I'm sure we'll discuss a lot about that kind of stuff along the way, but, uh, uh three, three has always been solid to me. So your, your initial reaction when, when they, you found out they were going to make the new trilogy, like, you know, back in what, 97, 98, whenever they announced it, um, mm-hmm. were, were you really excited? You were excited for that? I was. Okay. And and seeing the first trailer, the teaser poster with Jake, uh, Jake Lloyd, I, yeah, yeah. I can't. I, this is how little I care, but I don't even remember the guy's name. Um, Jake <laughs> Lloyd with the shadow being cast as Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I I was gonna say yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that that they did a really good job of wetting everyone's whistle and getting everyone whipped up in it, and then they pulled the rug out from underneath us. Like what what Dave was starting to say with that. With those first couple words, you're already in the crawl going, wait, what is this about? This is about taxes? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no. So, yeah. I mean, but yeah, they did a great job. And I was, I was, I was head first in like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Jack, so like Dave said, he and I are about the same age. We're of the original Star Wars generation. Eric is a little bit younger than us, but Jack, what is your Star Wars history? So I grew up when the prequels were coming out. So I didn't really see them in the theaters like at the time. Like I wasn't, I just wasn't old enough. Um, But so obviously I watched, you know, the original trilogy at home with my dad and it was great and I loved it. And then we would, we saw the prequels. Like I saw those at home too. So I always, they were always existed when I first saw anything Star Wars. I could always tell that the original trilogy was better. Like that was pretty clear to me from a young age and um but i guess i never was as much of a prequel hater just because it already existed and it was there and i was just like well these are just kind of bad movies that everyone has seen for some reason so they were fine and then also like my dad said that uh i think after some of the sequels come have come out you can find a lot more to like about <laughs> what has been made in the past i feel like dave's only the only one <laughs> That is interesting. And I know a lot of people, I've heard that similar uh, sentiment that the prequels look a lot better in light of the sequels. And uh, I I will disagree with that (laughs) right off the bat, but that's something we can get into. So that's cool. And so um, uh, personally, so I talked about my history with Star Wars, the original trilogy last episode. This one, like Dave said, I was super hyped for it to come out, have been waiting for 20 plus yeah, years, yeah. right? I had a picture of Natalie Portman on my computer desktop. Um, <laughs> Which, to be honest, you still do <laughs> inside your office. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I was working in at Sun Microsystems when it came out, and they 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 bought a theater so we could all watch oh, it. Oh, whoa. Uh, well, you know, they rented out the theater, yeah. but that was like two weeks after opening yeah. day. On opening day, a friend of mine, a guy, a guy that worked there, lives out in Manteca, which is like t- two hours away from here, middle of nowhere. He he managed to get a bunch of us opening day, like 10 o'clock a.m. tickets Wow! when he didn't have to like wait in line for two yeah, weeks, yeah. like a lot of yeah. people did. So a bunch of us just took off of work on opening day, drove out to middle of nowhere and watched the movie. 
And then we all saw it again two weeks later when the company took us out to see it. And then I had not seen it again until this week. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) that's great. You, you waited another 20 years. (laughs) Yeah. And same with the other two episodes, two and three, I saw an opening night and never again until this week. That's awesome. I believe when people did that, that was called playing Wookie Hookie. <laughs> did, did you feel like you, that, that, you know, when two and three were coming out, you're like, I have to see this, even though I don't want to? Or were you like hoping it? Would I was better? hoping like hoping. and the first one was such a disappointment. And then the second one, you know, when I came out of it going, I, I, like, I really wanted to hold on to like, yes, I, I loved seeing Yoda jump around like an idiot for yeah. five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it was like, ah, no, yeah. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> And then, of course, you just got, you got to finish it, right? Yeah. yeah, It's it's Star Wars. You got to watch the third one. Mm -hmm. So how about you, Eric? You know, it's it's so funny is that they were mentioning that that poster uh, with, it's like Jake Lloyd and then the shadow rock is, is Darth Vader. I remember exactly where I was the first time I ever saw that poster. It was, it was, there's a theater in uh, Danville, California in like the Blackhawk like area. And we used to go there sometimes just as like a drive. And uh, I remember coming out of a movie and then seeing that poster for the first time Mm. and being like. And that, that memory is like ingrained in me for the rest of my life. Yeah. So, and I remember I was so excited for it. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, to uh, something to explain is that I, when I rewatch these, I, I've watched, you've watched, not watched the prequels for a long time. I've rewatched them occasionally over the years. Yeah. Um, but then I rewatched them all one, two, and three recently with my uh, six-year-old son. And so that kind of gave me like a new appreciation for it. We're getting to watch. Cause when I first watched them, it was in my like, mid late teenage years up into my 20s like seeing the first three movies and now it's like getting to actually see it through the eyes of a kid it was actually a lot more interesting and fun so he he, he enjoyed it oh yeah he lo- he loves you know what's funny is he loves more than anything the character loves most is the the, the emperor oh yeah the evil emperor oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. so when you saw these as as a late teen you had already seen the originals. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, I, the first time I ever, we talked about this, but the first time I ever saw the, the originals in theaters was in the 97 re-release. Right. But I, I had seen them on, like, TV and VHS, like, you know, dozens of times before. Yeah. So how did you feel after seeing the prequels? <sighs> I mean, I, well, I, I thought, I get, I get the hate on one, especially rewatching it again. Yeah. It really is, like, especially, like, Jar Jar Binks ruins it. Like yeah. more than anything, it's, I've never really been bothered by like a lot of like the, you know, Senate talk and taxation and stuff like that. I just kind of look at it as like background filler in front of the environment and, and all that and, and, and motivation for the characters. But yeah, Jar Jar Binks is like his dialogue is just so terrible. It really, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it steps on everybody else. It just seems stupid and sophomoric. It just draws you out of the movie every time yeah. he steps in poop. So exactly. So, <laughs> so the fact that he's not in two and three very much, like I enjoyed those a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. They learned their lesson to some degree, but uh, to some degree. we'll get into it, but it's like, he becomes this pivotal character, yeah. <laughs> you know, in Palpatine coming to power. I know. Yeah. It's yeah. like, okay, yes, I guess I can hate him more, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That stuff you said about sharing it with your son, though, is the good is one of the fun things about Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they, they, so they, they don't see really it great. for the bad. They see it for the, the good. They're like, oh, this is so fun. It's so much action. It's great. And like they, they loved all the stuff with the pod racing and like all the all the stuff that that's what George Lucas intention was, was like, this is the shit that they aimed at the kids, the pod racing, the goofy characters, all of his little stupid like. Now this is pod racing. <laughs> yeah i texted eric at one point i was like if i hear the word yippee one more time i'm I gonna no idea what you're I'm talking gonna drive about. up to skywalker ranch and burn it to the ground 
that is the, the I mean, that is the thing. And it's not just fathers and sons. I mean, it's, it's mothers and daughters and that, yeah, yeah. and, and that generational love of something is whether this was good or bad, or you think it's good or bad. If your kids liked it and you, you're doing it with your son and I got to do it with my son, it is a big deal. So for, for anything bad about it, there's always that there's a silver lining. Yeah. And, and talking about the, the Disney era of star Wars, you know, they've got a whole bunch of TV shows out now. And I, I just remember talking to somebody and she was like, you know, I think this is when Boba Fett or Obi-Wan show came out. And she was like, I, I just, I don't slam it. I just know that it's for someone else and that's not me. Yeah. 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 And like, yeah, that's fair. But I, I think that the, 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 <laughs> it has the opposite problem of, um, of uh, Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is like, it really is geared towards like an eight year old kid. It's, yeah. but then I think with like a lot of the TV shows they've done now, like, especially the stuff that takes place between, you know, uh, like six and seven and all that stuff, you know, Mandalorian and all that. It's like, it really is geared towards like somebody who's like in their thirties, forties. <laughs> like, Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Except apparently the third season, the Mandalorian, but yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, and that, that what you just said is, is also very astute because somebody after complaining about these movies for years and years, I got a lot of hate mail and a lot of hate voicemails and, and comments and they were right. And what you just said is true. It, it doesn't always have to be for you. It mm -hmm. doesn't always have to be about you. And once you get that through your head and it took me way too long, I, I, I get it now. Uh, so you're absolutely right in saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling uh, my girlfriend about doing the show and having to watch the prequels. And she said, well, what about people who, people who grew up with them? Hey, yeah. And I said, yes, if you grew up with the prequels, that's your star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. The old ones are boring. You know, it's yeah. totally based on when you saw what that doesn't help me having to watch it, but that's another story. <laughs> but, I, but I think right. that's sort of the benefit. I mean, that when I showed it to my son, I showed it four five and six, one, two, and three and because of that, because I didn't want it to be this thing where like I wanted, I didn't want it to be like one, two, and three are so flashy and have so much CGI and all this stuff. And then like four five and six is like, they're slow. They're boring. Like it doesn't look as good. So, right. So I, purposely did it that way yeah that's a good idea especially because by three they had figured out some of their technique as far as special effects and then to go to that from that to the bare bones yeah, yeah. episode four a child would be disappointed yeah yeah i don't know that's the way jack i mean that's the way i did with jack we watched them in release order exactly yeah, yeah. yeah i think that's the way you should probably watch most properties really because it's just that's that's the way they came out. So that's yeah. the way that anyone that saw it in the time saw it. So you're like doing what everyone else did. Honestly, you, you don't miss a whole lot if you just do four, five, six, two, three. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> you're like, okay, that's Anakin. That's Anakin. And his, yeah, his young man. There you go. That's or, even, or even machete order, right? Yeah. Four, four, five, two, three, six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could just skip it and be, and if, if, so if they asked, well, what happened to him when he was little? Ah, uh, you know, he, he was just little and he, he did some stuff. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. and now we're here so just yeah. shut up and watch and honestly if you if you skip one and you don't realize the age difference between padme and anakin yeah, yeah. it makes the other two movies so much easier to watch yeah yeah yeah, yeah I mean, honestly they're they're not that far different in age and i've dated women who were older than me by probably about the same amount doesn't make a difference when you're an adult really but when you see them meet and he's a toddler you know and she's a queen <laughs> yeah yeah but she's also like a like a 14 year old queen exactly yeah. how do you elect a 14 year old as a queen i know anyway 
But but isn't that the thing? Isn't that like that they're all supposed to be like young like that? Apparently. Yeah. Because Nebu has no idea how to govern itself. So anyway, The Phantom Menace came out in 1999, directed by George Lucas, of course, with a budget of $115 million. What do we think it grossed in the U.S.? I'll go, I'll go Dave first. I know at the time, and it was just because, because of inflation and ticket sales until the Disney things came out, I think this was the highest grossing Star Wars movie. So I'm going to say... $375 million. Okay. Uh, Eric. I, I'm going to go higher than that. I, mean, I think it was like 550 Yeah. All right. Check. You've heard. Was this just in the U.S., you said? Just, just in the U.S. and $1999. Mm, I'll say, I know it grossed, at least at this point, I know it's grossed over a billion everywhere. So I'll say that um, I'll take a higher one. I'll say like 700 Okay, um, yes, it, it grossed a ton, and it, it's pretty evenly split over U.S. and international, but in the U.S., in theatrical, it only it got $474 million, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is probably a billion in today's dollars. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Honestly, probably more. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tickets now are like 20 bucks. Like back then, you, you could still get like a $7 yes. ticket. Like, yeah. 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 Especially the, uh, the 10, 10 a.m. matinee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and they were all sold out. Yep. Because I, I I was a projectionist then. In That's fact, right. the first the first movie that Jack ever he had just been born. The first movie that he was ever technically in was episode two. He was in his carrier. Oh yeah, <laughs> and because I used to go in before the theater would open and watch a movie, and he was in there. He didn't watch it. He was, I mean, I know, he was a couple months old. But uh, I remember opening night of episode one. And with it was like the lines wrapped around the building. You know, it was like the yeah. the hysteria that was getting everyone swept up into it. Um, another friend of ours that's on this network sometimes um, named Steve. He and I were the projectionists. He contacted. Do you guys remember Toy Fair magazine? No. Um, the, the guys, the guys that ended up writing for that, I think, ended up doing. Um, ah, what's that? What's that uh, show with the God? Who's the kid from? Austin Powers that has oh, that oh, show. Oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. What is that oh, show? Oh, called? Robot Chicken. Yeah, Robot Chicken. Uh, Matt Sunreich, like all these guys, they came and watched episode one in, in Quakertown at our theater because we invited them. Oh, cool. Huh. And and wrote an article about their experience in um, Toy Fair magazine. It was a big deal. Everything was sold out. Everyone was dressed up. I think I opened the portal glass and looked down and I like yelled inside and everybody was waving their lightsabers around. <laughs> it was like a big deal. It was fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 yeah I remember um, seeing the, the second and third episodes in uh, downtown Santa Cruz and I worked right across, kind of across the street from the theater. So we could see out the window, the line forming around the block. And we had already gotten tickets like a couple of days ahead of time. And so, but we went and joined the line and it was, I have pictures. There's like a ton of people out there in, in uh, costume and lightsabers. And that was, that was a lot. Of, it was a good time. Yeah. Until the movie started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, okay. So we start with the blockade and you know, the Nemoidians, one of them says, as you know, our blockade is perfectly legal. And that's got to be one of the dumbest lines of dialogue ever written. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you know, is stupid, first of all, because you you're know. telling someone yeah. who knows a thing. And secondly, you're convincing yourself that the blockade, it, uh, anyway. <laughs> Maybe that's their di we, we haven't seen them in anything else, really. Maybe that's their dialogue structure. <laughs> yeah. They just have to remind you every time. <laughs> They're a forgetful society. Exactly. They're, the Nemodians are the most inept people who are apparently running an entire trade federation, which is the most like powerful corporate entity in the galaxy. Yeah. Well, now these movies 
have taken on this kind of uh, the maybe racist undertones. Yeah. Um, so that's like a whole thing that I don't think people were pointing out then, but certainly point uh, out now. They were. No, sure. yeah, of course they were. I remember. Were they? Yeah, okay. Yeah. As soon as yeah. it came out, like uh, Watto was the the big nosed Jew. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And mm-hmm. Nimbodians were Asian stereotypes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. What a weird choice. Like why? Like why put yourself out there like that? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, that's the thing. When you're doing aliens, you want to make them sound different and exotic. And how do you do that? Well, you give them an accent. Well, yeah. No matter what you do, it's probably going to sound like something, right? That's true. They managed to do it in the original trilogy without being fairly racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Oh, I missed the synopsis. So the IMDb synopsis is two Jedi escape a hostile blockade to find allies and come across a young boy who may bring balance to the force. But the long dormant Sith resurfaced to claim their original glory. Okay. Well, that sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, let's watch that movie. Promising much more than it can deliver. <laughs> <laughs> and they did, and they did what they do with a lot of movies where like the stuff in the trailer it got you so hyped and that was a it was few and far between in the movie. Darth Maul was cool. Mm-hmm. He still is cool. Yeah, he's, he's he's the best he's, part about that, yeah. Totally. The guy that Bruce Spence plays with the T. Oh yeah, Tion Midon. Tian Minan, they show him in the trailer, and it's like, who's that guy? Oh my God, he yeah, looks great. He has great. like two and a half lines. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did a good job of of getting you hyped up for a giant letdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ray Park as Maul is great. T- you know, Bruce Spence is great. Christopher Lee is really pulling his weight. He in is yeah, movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, Ewan McGregor is solid, but. I don't think he had a lot to work with. No, no, no. My biggest pet peeve with you and McGregor through the whole thing. I've talked about this for years is his wig. His hair changes from scene to scene. <laughs> yeah. So oh, yeah. sometimes it, oh, it's, I love that's what, when, especially when he was little and we would rewatch these and I would let him pick the, what do you want to watch? And he'd be like, let's watch this. And I'd be like, all right, I'll watch the wig. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's his hair and then he'll step into the next room and it's a wig because it's a reshoot or whatever. And it's bad. It's it's often very bad. And they graduate from that to him having a beard in episode two, where sometimes it's a beard. And sometimes it looks like somebody glued pubic hair on his face. <laughs> I just can't get over the mullet. The mullet's the oh, worst. Yeah. The hairdos in all these movies. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, I would say whoever was styling Anakin in all three movies had a grudge. <laughs> <laughs> and Jake Lloyd. I mean, I know that he's had a lot of problems. I don't know how much of them stem from people trashing his performance as a kid. Yeah. But he was a little kid. I know. So yeah. I wouldn't say anything bad about a little I kid. Know. I mean, yeah. But people did. I mean, I don't know. Is he, he's, was he, is he still alive? He is. He's, he's actually, I think he's receiving treatment for schizophrenia. Hmm. Okay. I did read that like soon after the movie came out, he just got relentlessly teased in school. Not, not even for doing a bad performance, just for being in star Wars. And they would yeah. just be yelling star Wars stuff at him the whole time. So you can imagine how that would really, I think that's why a lot of those kids are like homeschooled. It's like yeah. those child actors. Cause yeah, it's like, yeah. it'd be brutal in a school. That, that's the thing. This is a role that it's, it's giving somebody the role of Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I don't know how old he was. Eight, nine. Yeah. Probably about eight, nine. And it's like, you're not Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you're right he's a kid actor he's not up to it it's yeah. not his fault but it, it is one of the sore spots of the movie just watching it it's hard to watch yeah it is he was good in jingle all the way yeah yeah 
Oh yeah. yeah. Who isn't good in jingle? <laughs> Sinbad is phenomenal Sinbad. in jingle. The, late, the thing that Phil Hartman, in, in, in Phil, Phil, Phil Hartman. Oh yeah, no, Phil Hartman's the best in that movie. Yeah, Jingle All the Way is solid. The thing that um, I think hurts Episode One now more. Like we didn't think so at the time. We thought it was great, but to watch that now, the special effects are absolutely dated and horrible. Mm-hmm. And the things I don't play. I don't play any of these Star Wars games, but I see the commercials of this new Jedi Survivor. It's got the kid from Shameless in it. You know. Oh, yeah. um, those games look better than the CGI in episode one. They look like yeah, bad yeah. cartoons or bad video games, and they're very washed out. Actually, that doesn't hold up at all, which I think is a was a big mistake, I guess, by him from the get go on how the movie was made with practical versus special effects yeah. or, you know, computer yeah, effects. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, just to lay that out as a blanket for the, all these three movies, like they were being really ambitious with the special effects and the CGI, and they kind of reached beyond their means, and it didn't quite land. Yeah. And it looks yeah. worse as time goes on. Yeah. Well, just just, uh, just behind the, the behind the scenes thing is that episode one was the last uh, shot on 35 millimeter film. Right. Yeah. Two and three were shot on this, like the newly designed Cine, Cine Altus, Sunny Cine Altus. And so it's, the, I'm sure the post-production workflow on like doing CGI and something like that is like a little bit probably cumbersome on working with 35 millimeter film. Right. Especially in 1999. So, And and the other thing is the jokiness, but Jar Jar included or Jar Jar aside, you go back to that other argument. Like, well, then who is this for? Those stupid... Roger, Roger. What are they called? They're just called the, the, yeah, battle, the, droids. The, the battle droids. Yeah. Battle droids. Horrible, horrible jokes. Like yeah. just, and I think that's the problem with with Star Wars. When it's trying to be funny, it's never going to be funny. When Star Wars is funny, it's almost like accidental or an. When ambit, it doesn't like, intend to be, yeah, yeah, exactly. George Lucas is a great writer, but I would not say he's a funny dude. No, he's not. No. He's not a comedy writer. Yeah. He's no. he's a very creative person, and he can come up with the worlds and and themes and stuff like that. But it's like, as for I mean, he's always been known for his dialogue. It's just so either very cumbersome and wordy and very like technical, or it's just like very like obvious and and dumbed down. Yeah, I think that's my biggest problem with those, especially with Phantom Menace, because he has like complete creative control, directing, writing, this, that, the other thing. When like we were saying, when Star Wars is funny, you think like. I think about conversations between like C-3PO and Han Solo. They're hilarious, but it's just two characters saying the things that they would normally say. Yeah. And I think that when they're written by like more, not to hate on George Lucas, but more like true screenwriters and not just people that are writing the story. I think he's a great storyteller, but I don't think he's necessarily a screenwriter in terms of dialogue, which well, I, I think, think hurts the, some of the, the com- like you said, the comedy that comes out in four five and six is because of the actor, because of the way the actors deliver. Right. It. They took, they took something neutrally written and found a way to deliver it comedic. Whereas with episode like one, especially he was like trying to write goofy things into it. Mm-hmm. And especially episode five was written by somebody, you know, Lawrence Kasdan yeah, actually yeah. knows how to write. <laughs> and that's where all, like, yeah, everyone, I think everyone agrees that that's the, the best dialogue. Yes. Yeah. In that. Uh, yeah, so we mentioned Jar Jar. I did hear an interview with Ahmed Best on a podcast a couple of months ago, and it was really interesting about how he got this role. So he was in the Stomp show on Broadway, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. and there was this whole thing where they sent 
someone else who like took over the lead role for a week and he was pissing off the rest of the cast and like wasn't getting along. And so Ahmed Best was in this sort of background role that week, even though he should have been the lead. And so he kind of just turned it up to 11 and outshone everyone and kind of made a, made an ass. Essentially he's like, I made an ass out of myself. I was just kind of being, being petulant about the whole thing. But it turns out one of the other cast members came in after the show and said, Hey, such and such is casting the new Star Wars movie. They were in the audience tonight. They want to talk to you. Oh wow, <laughs> man! That's yeah, awesome. so that's that's the way it, you got to be talented, but you got to be lucky, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, we we were talking about how much hate Jake Lloyd got, but it's like again, remember that like Jar Jar Binks is a person. It's like it's I'm at best. It's, oh yeah, he got his he own. Got, he got his own, I and mean, he even he even says that he considered suicide several times. Like mm-hmm. yeah. Because of how much I'm the, at best, yeah. Because of how much the people hated the character, and then they they he felt that was pointed at him, and yeah, that and and we're talking about like the the racial overtones of this. I remember him getting like his 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 culture being questioned mm. of the way he performed that character. Okay, I can see. Yeah, I can see. That. Yeah, so like that would that would put a person through a dire straits. I mean, I guess he's back in stuff now, isn't he? In the Mandalorian, I don't he, know. He is, I yeah. He, he, they gave, they finally gave him a role that people, okay. you know, <laughs> celebrate him in. So. Yeah, he was in episode two. In yes. like it was yeah. just him in that far, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a couple people like Anthony Daniels and the um. Oh well, we'll get there with episode two. But the guy selling death sticks, Elon Slee's bag and O. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that actor was somebody. Jesus. Uh, all these characters we did on this show over the years i for, i've like purged most of this <laughs> yeah oh he's he's mouse in the matrix oh oh okay yeah 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 <laughs> oh that's right yeah now i see that yeah <laughs> yeah dave you you're the one that has to suffer the most because you've you've been drawn through every little last bit character in all these movies and talked about them for an hour at a time well those when when we would we would generally when we did the show when we were doing tons and tons of star wars stuff and we're kind of moving away from that now because we've done all of, like there's yeah. nothing left and i refuse to do this disney stuff no way <laughs> so we would alternate like original trilogy prequel trilogy and the ones that were more fun to do and listen to were the prequel trilogy ones because of the kind of complaining and the making fun of them so well, of course when we get to like general veers we're all going to be like General Veers was a badass, and we're just going to sit there and talk about how great he was. Yeah. But when we talk about Elon Slee's Bagano, of course we're going to have a. <laughs> we had way more, so some of those are good to listen to. Yeah. The, these three movies were bad about like George Lucas just cramming and his family and friends into them. Like, yeah, which is fine. Like, I don't care because you don't. For the most part, you don't notice it. The, the one thing, the one that caught me this time was when I was watching it was. Um, the like all of Anakin's friends and the the little girl who I looked up, it turns out to be George Lucas's daughter. Oh yeah, with the braces. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, braces. I was like, why is there braces in space? <laughs> there weren't bras in space. Why are there braces? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, his one daughter is a. I guess they're adopted adopted kid. She's like an MMA fighter. Yeah, I, I've actually met her before. Uh, she I was, yeah. she could kick some ass. That girl. It's it, it's funny. I was um I was helping a fr- uh, Margot's mom. I was helping her shoot a, a pilot for uh, a female mixed martial arts like reality show like maybe about ten years ago. And we we're interviewing all these women. It was in Oakland. It's some like little gym there. And we we're interviewing this one woman, and, she, and we go, "Oh, so how do you how do you support yourself?" And she goes, "Oh, my my, my father helps me." And we're like, "Oh, that's really nice. Like, what does uh-huh. your dad do?" And she's like, "Oh, he's he's a filmmaker." And we're all like, "Oh, really?" 
And then like she signed the 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 re- release is like uh, like Katie Lucas, and we were like, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Am- it's, it's either Amanda. Or Ama- Katie. Yeah, I think it's Amanda. Amanda yeah, is the yeah, fighter. Yeah. yeah, it was it was Amanda. Yeah, yeah. So and then actually, Margot's mom went to uh, um, the, one of the weddings like in Vegas. Oh for, yeah, for like one of the the daughters. Yeah. Okay. I was uh, when I was in college, my my roommate his friend came over this girl that he was tr- interested in and she brought her friend and we were all four hanging out one night. and uh, at some point the girl we were, I was probably talking about star wars or something because yeah. what else do i do yeah and she's like i think i have an uncle named george lucas i think he lives in california <laughs> we're like really <laughs> <laughs> never found out <laughs> yeah i wonder if that was just like a sly way of like talking about but not talking about it like i'm just gonna pretend i don't know who that is yeah <laughs> uh greg proops is in this movie <sighs> And that's awesome. <laughs> so that's the thing. Boat and bead, right? I don't remember the characters' names. Yeah, the two-headed announcers for the uh, pod race. Oh, now I hear the voice. I, yeah, yeah. That little human being is out of his mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't care what universe you're from. That's gotta hurt. Why does he? Why does he say that? Are there, are there multiverses in this? Like what? What universe? Well, I'll, I'll just say this: it's the, the pod racing stuff as a whole is not a terrible idea. It's just so long. It's so long. It's so terrible. Like there's, they could have done that pod racing scene in like seven minutes, but it's like, it's like 18 minutes long. It's, it just takes up too much time. Yeah. And, and it is like, I guess the, the, the most fun thing about it is the sound of the pod race. Yeah. And you know that like, oh yeah, this sounds great. We got to do this for yeah. like 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that is a good thing to compliment. Ben Burt is still the he's, king. He's still going. He's still, yeah, he's great, man. Yeah. yeah. There's some great stuff. Like the sonic boom explosion of the slave one. Oh yeah. Um, and attack of the clones. That was really cool. Yeah. Because it does it. And there's like a hesitation. There's like a moment of silence. Yeah. When, when you see the explosion and then the sound comes out at you. Yeah. That's a, that's I mean, a high regardless mark. of whether we're talking about the original trilogy or the, the prequels, the one thing you can give George Lucas credit more than anything else is, is how far he pushed like the boundaries of filmmaking mm-hmm. in, in either of these John and like in either of the trilogies, yeah. the technology and the sound and everything for like movies just got so much better because of yeah, definitely I'm, movies I'm, wouldn't be the way they were if yeah, it wasn't for yeah. what he did. Yeah. yeah. I just, all the, the like hate on Jar Jar Binks. That's one of the like first fully CG characters. Yeah that's in a movie as much as that character is in a movie. He's, that, he's in, I forgot, that I forgot so how much he's in the movie. The way, he they, is, yeah. the way they green screened that. And then now they've, you know, moved on to like doing the little, like they attach the balls to you so that you can see like all points of motion and stuff like that was really groundbreaking in the way that people were able to see what they can do yeah, in the future. Yeah. yeah. And technically I think the character would work. Like it, it looked real enough for that movie. I think yeah. if they made it, you know, if they changed the dialogue and, and I, the style of animation they did where as he walks, he's just kind of bouncing around like some cartoon from the seven, like Ralph Bakshi cartoon from the seventies. Like if they just made him move normal and speak yeah. not annoyingly, that would have been an amazing didn't, character. Didn't Ahmed Best wear like, he wore like these like spongy he had like huge, stilts or something. Well, he, yeah. had, well, he had huge charger hands and I think he had a. A fake head up yeah. above his head. So I don't but, think he was on stilts, but I think he had a he had a tall head. I think on. I remember seeing something where like the way he walked was because of, like these oh, like, like almost like the like kind of like pogo stick stilt feet like maybe 
Yeah, he had the head so they could meet his eye yeah. line. So like which, when they were talking to him, which is you, a good idea. If you if you I was watching it knowing that I'm looking at Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson look up and I'm like, I guess they're looking at his eyes, but it really just feels <laughs> like they're looking over the top of him, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I just look at the wig. That's all I look at. That's all, that's all I look at is the wig. Uh, yeah, Terrence Stamp is in this movie for a hot second. Yeah. Chancellor Valorum. And then he yep. just instantly gets voted out of office because reasons. E.T. is in this movie. E.T. <laughs> <laughs> That's Senator Greblebs, <laughs> yep. which is Spielberg spelled backwards. Uh, well, that's yeah. They have a habit of doing that. Do you, do you know what? Uh, do you know what planet Obi Wan comes from? Uh, no, Dave. Do you know? No. It's uh, it's officially been added to this, this, and it started out as a George Lucas joke. It's uh, um, Stu John. Planet Stu John. Be- what is that backwards? It, it, well, so what it came from was John Stewart was interviewing George Lucas and oh. asked him, you know, we, we've never found out where uh, Obi-Wan's from. Where is he from? And George Lucas just sort of paused and he goes, uh, Planet Stu John. <laughs> and they all kind of laughed. And, but now it's on like Wikipedia and like it's canon. And it's yeah. canon now. Yeah. It's in the holocron. Yeah. He's done. So that's why Admiral Moti is his first name is Conan. Because oh, yeah. when George Lucas was on Conan O'Brien, he was like, you should name this character after me. And Conan <laughs> was like, okay, it's Conan Multi. That's it now. You know, it's, and that's how it happened. That's so, not, not a bad impression. <laughs> that's the story I heard. I hadn't heard the Stu John story, but I had heard the Conan story. I do, uh, for the show, I, I have a little accent corner where I pick on people's accents in movies. You know, we already talked about the Nemoidians. They're just atrocious in this. Queen Amidala. And I love Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did to get her to speak so terrible, like monotonically. Yeah. 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 I don't understand that either. It, like, it's like the they're trying to get her like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. A lot of strange choices. That's all. Yeah. It's almost like they're trying to get her to like, like speak like a royal or something like, right. Very, think, like, you know. Yeah. And of course she had to speak differently as queen as yeah. versus when she's undercover as a handmaiden, which the whole handmaiden thing actually worked because they got a couple of actresses that all look really close to each other. <laughs> yeah. And when yeah. you put a bunch of makeup on, you can't well, you know who know. the other one is. Yeah. Is, Keira Knightley. Yeah, Keira Knightley. Yeah. yeah. And then Rose Byrne is in like the next movie or the one after that. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. One of the other ones from episode one was that girl that was in the, what was it called? The whale runner. Um, she was, she was one of the other handmaidens too. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a couple other, isn't Dominic. What's that guy's name? Jack Dominic something. Dominic best. No, it's Ahmed Best. <laughs> the guy that's the villain, Dominic West. Dominic, Dominic West. West. Oh, West. from The Wire. From The Wire. He's a he's like a guard in the hall. Oh yeah. When uh, <laughs> when Anakin comes to like give her like that stupid necklace that he made or something. Yeah. I think he's the guard in the hall that says like, "Beat it, kid. She's busy." You know, something <laughs> like that. The Japur snippet, which I only know from listening to your show. <laughs> oh my god that is something you need to get out of your memory banks. i know <laughs> please purge that yeah. <laughs> one of the so i mean every little aspect of these three movies kind of pisses me off but one of them is the complete lack of attention to how physics work as far as ships go and specifically fitting astromech droids in them so the naboo starfighter and the jedi starfighter they have these holes for the droids, but the holes do not have room for the legs. And you see the <laughs> droids go in yeah. and you're like, well, there's no way the legs would fit in that. The legs would be sticking out the side of the thing or yeah. the one yeah. on the Jedi Starfighter, he, R4 goes in the wing. You're like, well, he's not sticking out the bottom of the wing. 
He's just a head now his, at this point. His, his body collapses. <laughs> come on. Like, come on. And and it's funny, you know, I'll I'll trash the sequels as well. The X-Wing fighters, they got those little half circle engines. Like, no, the the engine needs to spin. That's why it was a circle uh, on the wing. You can't yeah. split that in half on each side of the wing. Come yeah. on. It's all ruined. It's all ruined. Just send it back. <sighs> I had so much, and we'll get into this next episode, but I had such high hopes when Force Awakens came out. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I'm not on those. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting Chris and Tim for this. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be something. Yep. I figured that would be a good way to go out. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Like, I I think that the kid thing, like Eric pointed out, is good. When you think about this, Jack, do you have, like, fond memories? Even though you know, like, it's not great filmmaking, but do you still, like, is this still, like, okay with you? Yeah, I remember liking a lot of it when i was little and there's still a lot of it that i like now like i can sit and enjoy it and see all of the things that are either dumb or i know that are like well this doesn't look quite as great now but yeah i think that keeping in mind that you know it's it's just a movie and that it's it was a largely made for children or families that that really does change the way you're viewing it you know like i don't i never would have went into seeing it expecting like the Godfather or something of that quality. Like I would expect it to just be, you know, a fun little time for families. And, you know, while I guess it's not technically the best, it still did. It served its role. All right. Well then I guess it, I guess it worked because you saw it as a kid. And when kids, kids that saw this as a kid first, if, if you can still say that, then whatever he sought out to do, maybe it worked. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it's it, the thing is with George Lucas is it's always hard because he always talks about how you know oh, oh I did this and I intended to do that and you're like but did you really like especially <laughs> especially the way he talks about how like oh I came up with that idea like thirty years ago and you're like no like somebody else would be like no George you came up with that like in between these movies so it's like the one thing George Lucas said re- like not too long ago I think in an interview maybe ten years ago or something where he said that. He didn't want to make one, two, and three feel like four, five, and six. He said that the point of these was to like have a different feeling for every trilogy. And so I don't know, like I don't know whether he set out to do that or like that's just like his, you know, retrospective comment about like, oh yeah, I meant to do that. And so that's the thing is like, okay, but but I, but I'm saying like I, I I appreciate I appreciate that he tried something different. Like yeah yeah, and 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 if he decided, hey, you know what, we're gonna make the prequels for kids. You know, because the first, the, the first, the trilogy, you can argue is kids, but yeah, 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 it's it's not jokey, goofy, right? Well, when you look at every other '70s movie, like it's it's for kids, right, yeah. right, right, exactly. <laughs> but like now, it's like okay, now we've got Jar Jar, we've got Wizard, we've got <gasps> you know all these. It, it's a, it's a goofy, silly movie, but then all of a sudden in two and three, now you've got. Anakin going super dark and it's the first PG 13 star Wars movie. And it's like that, that argument kind of falls apart Yeah, <laughs> that it's for kids, especially when three is, I was kind of, I was kind of worried about my son seeing three. I was like, this kind of like yeah. he's cutting people's heads off. He's killing kids. Like, uh-huh. yeah. did he, how did he react? Oh, he was fine. He, yeah. He, kids okay. these days. They yeah. Don't care. yeah. They're desensitized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that whole, I meant to do that retrospective, viewpoint is very tommy why so yeah like, no, oh yeah totally. yeah that's <laughs> I you, meant you to make it comedy yeah. yeah it was supposed to be comedy all along yeah no it wasn't 
So do, do, do does anybody believe I, I've always, I've always loved the concept of the, uh, theory of the Darth Jar Jar. Yeah. I've heard that. What's that? It's, it's essentially like, you know how, when you watch episode five and you first get introduced to Yoda and he's sort of this bumbling creature and he's like crawling around and knocking things over and hitting him in the head. And, mm-hmm. and then he turns out to be this wise, like Jedi master. There's people that have a theory that the original intention for Jar Jar Binks was to be like the, the apprentice for, um, or even maybe even the master for, um, Palpatine in two and three. Like in the sense that you meet him, he's this bumbling character. And then you, you later find out that he's actually like, I mean, cause you think about it, he's the one that gives Palpatine the power, right? He becomes a Senator and then gives, so it's like people have thought that like, Oh, the intention was like to just to make him look such a stupid character that, that it's such a surprise in two and three when he becomes like, you know, like an evil villain. He is the Phantom. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard that, but that's, I, I kind of like, I kind of like that. Yeah, and to, I mean, I don't know, this is all, of course, conspiracy theory, but I had heard that theory was George's original intent, but he changed it yeah. after the reaction to Jar Jar. And what's funny is that if you watch some behind-the-scenes videos of the making of episode one, when they're doing the test screenings and stuff, there's a shot where George Lucas is sitting there and he's talking and someone's talking to him about Jar Jar Binks and he goes, well, Jar Jar, he's the key to it all. We, we, we have to make it work. We have to make sure that he he makes sense because he's he's the key to everything going forward and oh. so, and like he says something something to that effect and people have always kind of took that as like well what did you actually mean by that yeah and he's like don't yeah. worry about it Mark. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen have you seen that. that trailer for wise house new movie yes oh my god I can't wait. <laughs> it looks really good oh uh, he at one point the water hits him and he goes oh water <laughs> can't wait yeah all right. Anything else on the Phantom Menace? I, I still I, don't know I, what I, Phantom Menace is. But. I still say the uh, Duel of Fates fight and is is probably like top five with the, the two of them going at him with the 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 double sided lightsaber. It's it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. good. It's yeah. The I music agree. Helps. It's not. It's not like overly flashy, and it's but it's also like it's it's really well choreographed, and it's yeah. All right, so if we if we give it that the original trilogy has the three best fights, yeah, then yeah, I could see that in because because in the sequel trilogy you've got Kylo Ren versus Rey and Finn in the first movie, Kylo Ren versus yeah. Rey in the second, and Kylo Ren and Rey versus Palpatine. In the third I, I, I want to go on record and say every fight in the sequel trilogy is terrible. <laughs> oh right, we got we got Ghost Luke versus Kylo. <laughs> yeah, every one of them is terrible. <sighs> why? Why, why they is, look like they're without... swinging around big old like like heavy logs? Like they're, that, they're that is that, that is kind of the interesting thing though is that like every fight style for every trilogy is different. Yeah. Like the 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 episode well like one two and three are all flashy and they're all like you know choreographed and stuff. And then four five and six is very like practical. It's almost sort of like sword fighting. People have almost like lost the knowledge of how to fight. Yeah. And they're all getting old, you know? Yeah. And, and then Luke but, barely knows anything. And then the, the, and like seven, eight, nine, it's all just aggressive. It's all like just heavy, heavy throws and everything. Right. Yeah. But I like that. I like the fact that it's like, it's raw. Yeah. yeah. You know, in the one, two and three, like you said, they're all heavily choreographed and it, but it all seems like fakey. Like it's like, Oh, and there's this scene that I've seen used as examples in video essays before where I think it's, 
uh, Obi-Wan and I want to say Maul, but it might be the next movie where at one point, or no, no, it's in third movie, Obi-Wan and, and Anakin, where they're just like, they're right in front of each other and they're swinging their swords around yeah, in, yeah. in a circle and nobody's hitting anybody. <laughs> have, have you heard the explanation on that? No, I haven't. Is that, that they, they were, they were like brothers and they've trained so much that they, they can't find an opening. They're just uh, anticipating the other's yeah. move. Right. So perfectly that they're just sitting there idly waiting for the other one to make a mistake. Like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Any, and plus they, they, there's this whole thing in the lore. And I'm sure Dave, you know about this. Like there's like seven different, you know, yeah. lightsaber fighting techniques that, and you can actually see some of the different characters yeah. showing them, which I think is kind of fun. They made that whole horrible video game about that. Like the, <laughs> it's, it's called like Terrace Kasi or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar. That word. i i think eric's right i think i mean say what you want about all of the fights this is one especially i think it actually gets better after liam neeson is out of it and it's just ewan mcgregor and ray park yeah yeah. ewan mcgregor has a physicality that a lot of these other people don't and ray park is a freaking master Mm -hmm. so that when it's just the two of them and his like half of his lightsaber is already gone i guess at that point and it's just the two of them they're wailing on each other and it's fun to watch and the music like even if there wasn't a second in these movies that wasn't good to watch the fact that they exist this is some of the best star wars music john williams ever did i love the music in all of the prequels john williams never puts in a bad day's work (laughs) that's true (laughs) i i agree that like he's he's still firing on all cylinders in these movies but to me and again this is just nostalgia and when I saw the movies, it's like the music, not only is it good, but in the original trilogy, it brings me back to remembering the cool stuff that I saw in the movie. Yeah. Whereas it doesn't do that in the prequels. Yeah. Right. Cause there wasn't cool stuff to look at. Not for me. I can't, I can't remember <laughs> if it was George Lucas or somebody else that said that like the, I think it might've even been or somebody like the music coordinator or something. Somebody said that like the, the reason it's called the duel of fates is actually it's the, like the intention is that if Liam Neeson had won, then Anakin would never never fall into the dark side. Oh, interesting. Because he like he would have raised him in a way as, as more of like a father son rather than like a brotherly relationship, right? And would have taught him more how to like channel his anger because because he, he himself like it, I remember reading something that like they they talked about Liam Neeson's character Qui Gon was was so he he does his own thing and the council sort of like begrudgingly like lets him do that but that's why they don't let him become a, like a master on the council mm-hmm. is because he, he does his own in thing and they said that like originally like obi-wan when he was growing up was actually like a very like free-spirited person who also did the same thing like didn't go his own way so they figured the only way to train him was to give somebody that was already a rebel as as his like master so that way like i'm not sure i'm following that okay, logic so, there lou <laughs> no okay so so Gwygon is like he's a, he's a, a reckless. Yeah. Like like he's he does his own thing, flies by the seat of his pants, and so apparently like young Obi Wan was the same way. Because you look at these movies, and Obi Wan's kind of uptight in a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the intention was they they picked Obi Wan's master as Gwygon because how do you rebel against somebody who rebels by following by like doing the like the right thing the right thing yeah, yeah. all right. If only George Lucas had put this much time into this. <laughs> I, well, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's so funny what people have come up with after. Yeah. yeah. Right. And it's, you yeah. know, I've heard the stories about how I think all three of these prequels, he was tweaking the story well in, into production. Like he didn't even have a script when they started shooting. 
kind of That's stuff. not good. Yeah. I just remember thinking of that last lightsaber fight that the soundtrack came out before the movie and one of those last yeah. songs is the death of Qui-Gon. It's like, <laughs> well, I guess he dies. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Let's give our ratings. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, I give this one a three. I'm never going to watch it again and <laughs> I'll be better for it. <laughs> uh, Dave, how about you? Right, I'm going to give it a little higher. I may have given it a three 10 years ago, but I'm bumping it. I'm going to bump it up to a five because I like the pod race. I like the music. I like that uh, last lightsaber fight. There's enough there to keep me interested. And us talking about it again, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I might actually watch it sometime soon. So I, I my score has gone up. I'm giving it a five. All right. Eric? I, I'll give it a five, too. I feel like uh, episode eight and nine have made me <laughs> come up on that, to be honest. Nice. Uh, Jack? I'll give it a tiny bit higher. I will give it a six. I don't like it, but I think there is a lot in it that you can take away. That's like, well, I had a good time watching it. And like that we were talking about the music, the sound design. I think there is a shocking. There's actually a shocking amount of really great practical effects and costuming in it that kind of get overshadowed by some of the right pretty yeah, bad yeah. CG. Oh, yeah. yeah so I think yeah, yeah. that it's not. I think it's actually pretty well made. It's just, it's the story and the dialogue really, yeah, really hurts it. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I'll, I'll be the lone man out cause I've never watched this a as a kid or with a kid. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So IMDB, uh, let's, uh, what's your, what's your guesses on what IMDB rates it out of 10? Uh, start with you, Jack. Out of 10, I would guess IMDB gave it probably a six point eight i'll say <laughs> all right dave who who is doing who creates this audience, rating? Uh, the youth audience like people that, that go on the imdb site oh okay so probably star wars people are nuts and they love to fight for their uh yeah, franchise which, which way are they gonna take <laughs> i'm gonna say i'm gonna say yeah like a seven all right I'm going to go closer to like 5.7 because I, I feel like I, I totally agree with you. I think that there's probably half the people fighting that it's like giving it an eight and half the people giving it a two. Like, <laughs> well, it's pretty much an average of what you guys all said. 6.5. Yeah. 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 Wow. All right. How about Rotten Tomatoes out of a percentage? Eric? I mean, we've never really established what, like, when is that Rotten Tomatoes score from? I believe they go back, like, the whoever runs Rotten Tomatoes goes back and looks at, like, the reviews. reviews and says, see, okay. see then I'm going to give it high because if I remember, like, you can find those videos on YouTube of people, like, coming out of the theater and being like, best Star Wars movie ever. Like, and then it only wasn't until, like, a couple years later, people were like, oh, you know, that kind of sucked. Actually. <laughs> so, so I feel like I'm going to give it a 72%. All right, Dave. Now, is this rotten to me? Like, I this, this, this is, this is like critic, critic score. Critic yeah, score, yes. Yeah. Oh, the critics, not the fans. Nope. Um, then I'll say a five. Okay, Jack. Uh, for critic score, I'll say yeah, like a 50 percent. Yeah, you guys are right. It's fifty-one percent. Okay, so that's and you don't know if that's like a sliding scale. Like the people are, are still people still reviewing this or is this like no, it locked in I, i'm I, sure if you look at it there's probably there's people that like review like the dvd in like 2007 maybe yeah my impression of of rotten tomatoes is that they go to the contemporary critic scores of the whenever the movie came out oh okay do it that way but i could be wrong anyway attack of the clones came out in 2002 
uh, with a budget of 115 million. What do we think it grossed in the U.S.? So, uh, as a reference, the first one, episode one, was like 474 million. Jack, what do you think? This definitely didn't make as much as Phantom Menace did, but it, I think it might have at least, uh, you know, worldwide broken a billion, maybe. So I'll guess like 375. Okay. Dave. Yeah, it's definitely less. I remember like the mark of something being a mega hit was 300 million. And that was a long time ago. And then Titanic like blew that stuff out of the water. But I'll say 300. All right. Eric. I'm going to go 340. Yeah, you guys are all in the neighborhood. 310. That makes sense. And then 343 international. Oh, really? It only made an, an additional 50 million? No, that's international. Uh, that's oh, oh, an oh. additional 343. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying. <laughs> I know what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the fever pitch wasn't as pitchy for this one. Yeah. Plus, if you thought the dialogue in the first one was bad. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> the IMDb synopsis is 10 years after initially meeting, Anakin Skywalker shares a forbidden romance with Padme Amidala. While Obi Wan Kenobi discovers a secret clone army crafted for the Jedi. So I think that right there is the biggest problem of this movie. They've spent ten years training, but they don't spend any of the movie together. The entire movie, it's Ewan McGregor is across from one CGI character to the next, mm-hmm. and then Hayden Christensen is spoon fed the worst dialogue that's <laughs> been put to cinema. Yeah, yeah. It's right. They have like this one scene in an elevator in the beginning where they're like, hey, remember that cool thing we did? Yeah. You guys don't get to see that. (laughs) (laughs) So you think it would have been better if they were together still like you get to actually see him train him. Yeah. I mean, they they filled in, especially most between two and three with a lot of like the Clone Wars TV show. Right. Yeah. Like they did like 11 seasons, like some insane number like that. Yeah. 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 So apparently they they auditioned. 400 actors to get the role of Anakin for this movie. That's ridiculous. 400. <sighs> and they came up with Hayden Christensen. <laughs> but uh, you pick anybody else, you put him in there. They're going to have to say the same words. It's going to be bad. It's yeah. But they could have gotten somebody better. <laughs> it's so bad. I just, I think, to he, me, he, I think he tries hard. He does. It just, he has this leaden delivery to everything. And it, I, I agree. The the dialogue in this is unbelievably bad. Yeah. You know, and I, you can argue about, okay, he's an adolescent who doesn't know how to talk to girls and he's very simple minded and all this. You, you can argue where it's coming from, but it still doesn't make for good movie watching. No, no. <laughs> this has some, I don't know, bonuses going on with the Django Fett. That was okay. Yeah. Ish. 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 To understand the idea of this clone situation. And where they would get all these people. I mean, it was it was better than trade routes. For sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking, so so Dave, you and I grew up at the same time with the movies. And they mentioned the Clone Wars once in the original movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Did you have a, 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 an inkling or, or a, a, any sort of idea of what the Clone Wars were about before this movie came out? No. No. No, I, I mean, he, he, he does, Alec Guinness talks about that. I don't think. As a kid, I even bothered to ask anybody what that means. What is a clone? You know, like, I mean, I, I don't know. That was, like, yeah, that I, wasn't something I was concerned my about. Guess, no. My guess is that the, when he, when he wrote that originally, there was no intention that the clones were stormtroopers. Like, it was just like, it's just, it's a fancy sci-fi word in the seventies to be like the clone wars. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah. then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it became this thing like, well, shit, now I got to show clones <laughs> in war. So, so what do I do? Like, yeah. And then when the Timothy Zahn, uh, when the Timothy Zahn novels came out, Heir to the Empire, et cetera, which was like the only Star Wars content we got for like 30 years, there was like, oh, Luke was starting to pick up these force signals that there were some of the stormtroopers were clones and that was a big deal or something like that. It was So that may have been the, the start to this whole thing. That's in the book. That's in the one of the Timothy Zahn books that, you know, mm. post Jedi, there's some clones popping up in some mm. fashion. I did see somewhere that like one of the original ideas for the Clone Wars before they started making the prequels, like one of George Lucas's original ideas was that it was everybody in the movie was fighting a clone of themselves. Okay. <laughs> right. I know, like attack of the clones. Like what, what is that? Like what, what they're not attacking anything until like the last like 10 minutes of the movie. Like, yeah. it just sounds good. Yeah. This is the chase through what looks like, I mean, it's Coruscant, but every, I remember just uh, seeing it and yeah. thinking that, uh, Luke Beeson did it better in fifth element. <laughs> it's totally fifth element. <laughs> yeah. Like I, it looked better than, I don't know. that was like 1997 or something. Um, that's when they go to that bar, right? Yeah. The, the, the dumbest assassination attempt of all time. Right. Yeah. So Palpatine hires the Caminoans. <laughs> oh wait, no, he hires who he, he hires somebody oh. who hires Django. Right. And then, so, but Django doesn't want to kill Padme. So Django hires Sam Wessel and then Sam Wessel sends a robot. And then the robot sends two little poison worms <laughs> into the room. Whereas the robot had to cut the hole through her window and instead of, I don't know, shooting her from that vantage point from 20 feet away, it sends two worms in <laughs> or caterpillars or whatever the hell they were. Yeah, that make a lot of sense. And then you got R2-D2 just sitting there in his like patrol mode. Yeah, just yeah. Spinning like, around oh, in I don't detect any human forms. Yeah. Everything must be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then when they, when they track Zane Wessel down through this whole Coruscant chase, turns out she's a shapeshifter. Does yeah, that, that never into play back. at all? No. Yeah. You know, when she runs into the crowd in the bar or outside in the street, oh, she could have changed shape into somebody else. Instantly lost the Jedi. I like what what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. She could have been on mid best. Right. Yeah, that was a big that was like a de- very deliberate line. He Anakin says, I think he is a she. And I think she's a changeling. Does he say shapeshifter or is there some other word for he, it? He might say changeling. Changeling. And it's like, ooh. Yeah. Doesn't matter. No, you, you get fancy with the, the lings there. And the, <laughs> the younglings and the changelings. And the, like, that's how you know George Lucas is working overtime. When it's yeah, like, yeah. it's a ling. Yeah. Christopher Lee was interesting. <sighs> He's he, the only thing worth watching in this he movie. He just eats Actually, the scene no. every time. He, yeah, mm-hmm. Padme's white outfit is the other thing worth watching. <laughs> uh, with the scratches. With the scratches. Oh, we need to see her belly. Get that shirt off. <laughs> My favorite part of Christopher Lee being in the movie is during any of the lightsaber fights where his face is very clearly pasted over <laughs> top of some other guy yeah. the entire time. And you can see it kind of bobbling ro- along, changing sizes throughout the entire fight. Yeah, I love that. Because, <laughs> you know, you had Ray Park, a person that can do this before, but let's hire a 90-year-old war veteran. Right. <laughs> that being said, he is lovely. <laughs> I mean, he's which, it, which the thing I love about Christopher Lee is just how, how he talks up. Like, I mean, he's, he's, 
this phenomenal actor, but he's just like, he doesn't, he doesn't look down his brow at like, like whether it's Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or anything. He's just like, I mean, no, to him, like, to him, he's like, this, this is Shakespeare. This is Shakespeare, yeah. like in a different form. Like, yeah. He made like 200 schlocky hammer horror films, you know? <laughs> no, I know. But I mean, he's still this like legendary actor. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. He, like, like you said, he doesn't care. But like when you, but when you look at like, um, Alec Guinness, uh, it's you know, yeah. like his comments about Star Wars, like, oh, this stupid child <laughs> drivel. Like, this movie explains the dent in Boba Fett's helmet. Yeah. Yeah. We needed that. I think <laughs> he was just checking off boxes of all the crap that was in the other movies. And he was like, oh, I have so much to explain. <laughs> so much continuity to keep up. Yeah. Right. And then he just blows continuity out of the water in so many ways. Right. Very much so. It's, it, like, well, we talked about it in the last episode where it's like, how, like, like all this hype over Boba Fett and he dies the way he dies. And then it's like, and even in this movie, just as a little kid, he's got like five minutes of screen time. Like, right. And even his dad, Django Fett, he's got like the one fight scene on Camino. We, yeah. And he gets his head cut off. And then, and then he's got the fight scene on, on Genosis and he gets his head cut off. Yeah. It's like, they're, they're not really that great of fighters. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, there isn't a lot going on in this movie. Like I'm sitting here trying to think right of the scenes and there's the big fight scene at the end where like all the jedi come down including in sync or not in sync <laughs> i mean I, Whether, I, one thing i do remember when, when i watched this, like everybody erupted when when yoda started fighting right like i mean that was something i mean like because even in episode one he was still a puppet like there was right. nothing they could do with him like that but then all of a sudden it was like now he's like Okay, you get to actually see. I'm sure people had thought about that for like 30 years. Like, you get to now see Yoda fight. Like, and it's you know everyone the, the complaint about that is like, okay, he walks around with with a cane 90 yeah, of the yeah. time, and now all of a sudden he's Mary Lou Retton jumping around. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I actually I kind of feel I, I I'm I'm okay with this because yeah, yeah, you yeah. know I'm getting old. I creak. I've got a lot of pains going on, and especially like in the morning and in the evening, I'm using ice packs and heat yeah. pads. But when I go to work. I'm I, I'm physically oh, yeah. working you'll, all day. You'll and destroy I'm, your body. I'm yeah, fine. Yeah. And then when I get home, I'm putting ice packs yeah, and yeah, yeah. eating pets. <laughs> yeah, it's like all right. I can see Yoda doing this. He saves up his energy for when he needs it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't. I just look at the beard in this one. <laughs> I love the memes about people's moms using pictures of oh, it, Ewan it, McGregor Jesus. as yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like there was literally some yeah some guy on the internet who was like my mom has thought this is is a picture of Jesus for twenty years and it's just Obi Wan Kenobi. You <laughs> McGregor probably loves that too. Yeah, I'm sure he does. He seems like a great guy. Yeah, yeah. And he's got such range, and at times he seems like he's the only one trying. Especially in episode three, he has some really good scenes in episode three. Especially at the end, I don't know where we'll get there next, but. Uh, there are times that you see, like, I, I love his movies, and I think he's incredibly versatile. Mm -hmm. You get to see that here and there with him in this. Yeah. He's starting, he's starting to get there. And especially when you realize that most of the time he's acting to a tennis ball. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, when he's in the, uh, when they're in the Geonosis thing, and he's, he's fighting the whatever creature that's coming at him, and it's, you can just tell, he's got that spear in his hand, and he's poking at something, and he's dodging, you're like, there's nothing. There's nothing there. He's just listening to Lucas yell at him to duck and dodge and spear. And it's like, ah, yeah. Well, I think the most impressive thing is the fighting regiment that Hayden Christensen and, and uh, 
you know, McGregor went through. Yeah. Like when you like they, they spent like and that's and that's they, they were kind of criticizing the the new movies where they were like they would get like four weeks of training and then like the, the choreography for like two and three was they, they would work on that for like six months. Hmm. I believe it. It's great. But they focus again on those kind of things and not <laughs> I mean it all yeah. comes down everything. It's a sitcom to a you know movie like this it all comes down to the writing and they focused on all the wrong things again yeah right so i guess the story was at the end of the first movie they've captured the viceroy newt gunray and instead of you know imprisoning him or killing him or whatever they're just like hand him off to the senate and even watching that without watching the second one in 40 however long it's been since it came out i don't remember what happens in this movie i'm like you're just letting him he's just gonna lie again he's been lying the whole movie the Senate just going to listen to him and believe him. And sure enough, he's back in this movie doing bullshit again. <laughs> and so Padme is now a Senator and, but she's a resisting, you know, other factions in the government. So yeah. there's assassination attempts against her. And that's what sets up Anakin but, taking her to Naboo for but, a while. But, you know, the, part of that is also like George Lucas's strict adherence to like history. I mean, it's like when you look at that, okay. Look at the same thing they did to Napoleon. They arrested Napoleon. They put him in jail yeah. on the on the island, yeah. and then they were like, "Okay, you did your time. You're free to go." No, like, no, no. He escaped. Yeah. Oh well. Okay. Yeah. But then also like Adolf Hitler. It's like he was arrested no. in, in like the the 1920s. Like yeah. And then they were like, "Okay, you did your for, for trying to like take over the government." And then they're like, "You did your time. You're free to go." Like, <laughs> which I think that's that's probably what George Lucas was trying to do. Which is like it is true, and in like fact, trying to show the ineffectiveness of the Senate into where it's like yeah. Oh, you got caught. We're going to give you a little punishment and you're free to go. So now. you're saying George Lucas doesn't believe in democracy. <laughs> he does not. Um, I'm sorry. The, I'm sorry. The benevolent dictatorship is what we need. I'm sorry. The, the <laughs> heroes were the rebel Alliance, which is essentially the Vietnamese. <laughs> um, but yeah, Obi-Wan through some ridiculous series of coincidences, finds Camino and finds out what's going on. And then there's the whole sifo I was just going to say that whole sifo thing. It's like, it's, it's like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> like you, you come to understand like okay like i'm guessing this is my understanding of it is that like the the emperor made that order using that name like well that was the original thing yeah is that sifo it was supposed to be sidodias which was a it's sidious mm. it's a it's a, oh, okay. it's a modification yeah, yeah. of sidious but then in the somebody like mistyped the script and instead of sidious or sidodias they typed sifo yeah and lucas was like oh yeah let's do that let's make it a different guy yeah what? Let's, make, let's make a different that guy a that randomly died and yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> off screen mm. that we've never met yeah. right yeah that's how this show works never heard that either yep yikes this movie like and, and this this is always going to be um another level of these movies a lot of this movie i think exists to sell toys there sure. are so many characters and creatures and there are a lot i mean it was good for our podcast because we could do you know, the, the stupid six eyed tiger one week, you know? And it was like, some of these things only are in this movie because they know. And at this point they've figured out that children are not buying these toys. <laughs> yeah. Nerds are buying these toys and they're going to probably buy two of them, one to open and one to put away because yeah. they're going to be worth so much money. But if everybody buys them, they're not worth shit. Well, I think, I think, yeah, I think yeah, the, the, the children bought it in the seventies and the eighties, but then it's like, yeah. now it's the same people that are the ones that are still buying them. Yeah. I will not confirm or deny that I had a Natalie Portman figure. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know where, um, 
is it in the third movie that he talks about like Sidious talks about um his master Plagueis Darth Plagueis the Wise or whatever is he alive in any of these movies no in the background no I think he's he's from what I can and again this is the only first second time I've watched these movies is that he's yeah he was Sidious's master who being a Sith I'm sure Sidious killed him at some point before these movies started <laughs> yeah he's never in, in well, i know he's not like in in the movie i should know if he was like and and that, that was the whole thing too like at some point sheev palpatine senator from naboo who is a public figure had to spend i don't know how many years studying yeah. under a sith lord yeah yeah like wh- how does he explain that time or like where does that yeah oh yeah i was you know just off skiing right <laughs> <laughs> My, my trips every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's in the Sith reserve <laughs> one weekend a month, three weeks a year. He goes out to Mustafar. <laughs> yeah. Part of, so the, the big turn in the second and third episode is Sidious manipulating both Jar Jar to get his power and mm. Anakin to become his apprentice. And look, I love Ian McDermott. This material was so basic yeah, yeah and the way he's manipulating people it's just so winking right at the audience I know, <laughs> it was yeah. really frustrating but i mean like, you, you kind of almost have to because because you've seen episode four or five and six you're like i know who he is i know who he becomes you yeah know? like there's there's no way you can hide that there's, no there's nobody that yeah it's just like the way he's saying to to Anakin, it's like, well, I could help you to do this yeah. if you really wanted to but you know it's up to you yeah, they were they they had their big reveal in Empire Strikes Back, and they were never going to do that again. They try in the first movie. It was you know nobody was shocked when Natalie Portman that Padme and the Queen were the same person, and nobody <laughs> yeah. shocked nobody shocked about this. He they, they, he can't do what he did in 1980. I mean, I, I, I actually the, the only person who was shocked was Dave Filoni. have you ever heard that story where um no because he was doing the clone wars for a long time and then there's that one actor he played um he did the voice of maul for the clone wars and then he's peter serafinowitz no 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 it's uh he was the he was the voice in the movie but he in the clone wars it's um sam witwer oh Oh, right okay so sam Sam witwer is like he's like a diehard star wars fan and they, they, he said that he only got cast uh, in the video game because he knew so much about the, the series and everything. So Dave Filoni wrote a scene in Clone Wars where like Anakin's talking to like the ghost of his mother, kind of like his his memory of her. And he says, "I'm he goes, I'm married now. Like I met a woman. You would you would love her." And he goes on to say all this stuff. And then finally, Sam Witwer was like, "Um, Anakin's mom has met." <laughs> Padme. So they didn't even know. Yeah, he, he like he was like, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's like, not only that, they had dinner together. <laughs> so I guess a lot of people always forget that, like, yeah, yeah, that's funny. That that it took the actor. It took the literally took the actor to be like, yeah, because they because uh, Sam or Dave Filoni was like, go go, perfect, we got it, let's move on. And Sam Witwer is like. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And he's like, well, what do you mean? He's like, because he's met her before. Like, they met her in episode one. But yeah. That's great. And that's Way to go, of, Sam. <laughs> when I was, I don't think, I don't remember if it was episode two or three, but when, um, I guess when we show up at the, yeah, it's this episode where we show up at the, the Lars homestead and they've got C-3PO there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, wait a fucking minute. Three <laughs> yeah. PO's been here before and Lars doesn't know. I know. Yeah. It's him when he sees him the next time. God damn it. Fuck this movie. <laughs> yeah. 
That sand messes with your head. Yeah, seriously. You much, you know, everybody who lived on Tatooine for the next 20 years aged 60 years. Totally. Oh, I do like that throwaway line at the end of three when he's like, he's like, wipe the droid's memory. Yeah. But not that one. Yeah. Just 3PO, not R2. Yeah, yeah. Because one, the one that won't shut up, like, <laughs> wipe his mind. Why? Just fucking why? That, that one line was his, like, just like brushing, wiping his hands of that yeah. whole. His, his thing. CYA. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, oh, his memory was wiped. That's why. Don't send me any emails. This is what's happening. <laughs> what's an email? This is 1990. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, so there's the the big Geonosis fight, and uh, I guess that's that's about it, right? Oh, the yeah, clone troopers uh, show up, right? Yoda, Yoda brings all the... So, yeah, Obi-Wan goes to, to spy on Dooku and the Separatists. He gets caught. Anakin and Padme show up with the droids who go through the whole droid factory thing. Then they get put on display to be killed in the arena. Then the Jedi show up. Then the clone army shows up. And I was just surprised, like, okay, fine. Yoda went to Camino to get the clones, but yeah. he shows up and they've got like, not, not only like 600,000 clones, but I don't know, 50, like, you know, drop ships, drop ships <laughs> yeah, and yeah. tanks and yeah, all yeah. that. Like, where's that coming from? <laughs> just the, you know, the army. Sure. We, we have the yeah. first and for, uh, all, yeah, for all of his posturing and know-it-allness of Yoda. He falls for this shit, too. He's the one that shows up with the clones. So every time he's just like, you know, being Mr. Know-it-all or saying he's too old, he's too old. Everybody's too old to be yeah. trained. <laughs> he's the one that brings them there. So join the club. And not all. Yeah, that's a good point. Like Yoda and Mace Windu and all the other freaking Jedi's on the council don't see what's happening right under their nose because yeah. the dark side clouds their vision. Well, then what good are you? <laughs> <laughs> right. This, yeah. is, this is also uh, chronologically this much like the uh, the Kennedy family. The Skywalker is the first time they lose their hand. <laughs> and it just becomes like a running gag for their entire family every time. After yeah, totally. I was telling my girlfriend about this and she's like, well, why does, why does uh, Padme die? And I just kind of collapsed on the ground. Cause I'm like broken heart, broken heart, fucking yeah. she lost the will to live. That's why <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, there's uh, someone's theory is that in the same way that Palpatine said that he can like prevent people from dying, that he prevented Anakin from dying by stealing her life force and transferring it to him. Oh boy. Which, you know, explains how Ray and Kylo can do it in the yeah, yeah. ninth movie. People love to retcon things that well, of course, help yeah. them make sense. When, <laughs> and, when, and, it, when it's not, it's like shittily explained, then yeah, you need right. something to, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly like when, when people do that a lot, that means that the storyteller didn't do a good job. All right. We've been a little negative here. Jack, tell me something good about this movie. <laughs> Um, that's, see, that's, that's the tricky part. Anakin's hair um, is on point. <laughs> I love his little rat tail. Yeah, exactly. That's a, obviously a great inclusion because that's necessary to yeah. include amongst that. That's, that's Star Wars canon. Everyone at some point has to have the worst haircut, I guess, just to, you know, earn your keep. But, um, I, there's less to like in this one to me than there is in the last one, which is shocking to say, because there's like actual people with lightsabers going around and you're in the, like the universe has been set, but nothing, nothing happens. Yeah. There's a lot of people just going from planet to planet. Yeah. And then someone you talk for a bit and then maybe you'll throw a few shots or swing a lightsaber and then you go to a new planet, talk for a bit. I guess the highlight would be, yeah, I'm sticking with that sonic boom sound. 
<laughs> that's the highlight of it. It is cool. I, yeah, there's, I totally there's a lot of traveling in this movie. You're right. It's just, we have to go to this planet. We're going to go to that planet. And it's just traveling. It's a travel log. I totally agree that I honestly, this, this, this movie to me just has, there, there's a lot there. We've talked about how bad Jar Jar is in the first movie and stuff like that and how he destroys that. But it's like the plot of this one just drags on. And there's really like not a lot of high points and all that. Like the action that does happen at the end, it's so compressed. It's so boring. It's so like mm-hmm. nothing original to it. It's a bunch of people you don't care about. Yeah. And so, I, and in a lot of ways, like I kind of think that this is honestly a worse movie than the first <laughs> one. Like in 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 as a whole, like there are worse elements in one, but I think as a whole movie, to me, this is probably honestly worse than the first one. Not a lot redeeming to it. It's not a lot. Yeah. So let's see. Oh right, so then there's the the final duel between Anakin, uh, Obi Wan, and Count yeah. Dooku. Yeah, uh, where Anakin loses his arm, as you mentioned. I guess the one thing I have to give credit to this this like this trilogy is that they don't overpower Anakin in the first two, or like in the in the especially in this movie. Like he does just get the crap kicked out of him by like everybody. Whereas you look at Episode uh, Seven, you're like all of a sudden Ray's a master. Like Anakin's supposed to be like the most powerful like. Yeah force sensitive being there has ever or will probably ever be <laughs> and he gets this shit kicked out of him by an old man it's like and somehow right. ray like takes on a someone who's been trained for a decade yeah like with no experience before well girls mature faster than boys <laughs> and i'll give her a lot of leeway as we, when we get to that episode i'll give her a lot of leeway but i agree all right anything else on episode two nope <laughs> When filming the Naboo scenes, Lucas allowed Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman to improvise their dialogue. Yeah, that seems pretty obvious right there. <laughs> Terrible. Is that when they're tickling each other and rolling down the hill? Oh, you think that was George Lucas' way of being like, hey, I didn't write that. Like, <laughs> you can't blame that on me. I let them I let them say whatever they wanted. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's, let's rate this thing. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eric. I, I honestly have to give this one a five as well. Okay. Yeah. Jack. This one I'll give a five, so like a tick lower than I'd give Phantom Menace, just because it's not a lot happens, but it's not, you know, it's not the worst thing. All right, Dave? This is, uh, I mean, I know that you're going to have Tim on for the next one, one of the other co-hosts, Star Wars in character. He is one of the biggest prequel apologists I've ever met. Yeah. And and he hates this movie. (laughs) So that's saying a lot. This is uh, this is the worst of the three. I'm going to move it down to four, and and I'm not going to give it less than that because I'm sure, like you've done other movies. There's really really bad movies that are made that you would give like these low scores to. There's still great music and great special effects and stuff like that. So I mean, to go any lower, I think would be uh, un- unnecessarily cruel. But I'm giving it a four. Allow me to be unnecessarily cruel. Yeah. I'm staying at a three. <laughs> Oh, I, I, we never even talked about the sand people. Right. Oh, shit. He kills them. <laughs> I killed them all. They're dead. Every single one of them. And not just the men, but the women and the children, too. They're like animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. You're like, geez, I mean, <laughs> that was, I mean, actually, if you, if, if you kind of, again, a lot of this stuff sounds good on paper, right? Oh, he's, he finds out his mom's been kidnapped. Yeah. He goes to find her. She dies. He, he slaughters. Like that's a meaningful story. Yeah. yeah. Character moment. 
but it just comes across as being- I have always said to me the the prequel trilogy is good story bad execution yeah and the sequel trilogy is good execution bad story yes yeah. I'm going to say the IMDB rating and Rotten Tomatoes are within a tick of each other so we can guess them both at the same time okay uh, Dave what do you think so this is out of what 10 again yeah, so the IMDb is out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes is out of 100, but you know, if you scale them, they're they're right next to each other. All right, I'll say I'll say four and a half and 45%. All right. Eric, uh 30 or 3.8 and 40%. All right, Jack. I'll say it's IMDb is probably like a 6, so the Rotten Tomatoes is probably like a 50. Uh Jack's closest. Uh, IMDb is 6.6, Rotten Tomatoes mm. 65%. I can't allow. No. It. <laughs> They, uh, it's the Star Wars people. So, Revenge of the Sith came out in 2005 with a budget of $113 million. What do we think it made? Start with Dave. I still don't think it's as high as I think the Phantom Menace was still the highest. So, I'll stick in that same, I'll stick in that same 300 million range. 300? Yeah. All right. Jack. I'll say maybe like 350. Okay. Eric? 380. Ooh. On the nose. Really? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I, knew, I knew that it was close to four. Yeah. The IMDb synopsis is, three years into the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan pursues a new threat while Anakin is lured by Chancellor Palpatine into a sinister plot to rule the galaxy. Yeah, so we were just talking about Clone Wars rage across the galaxy. The Clone Wars, it's like they did, you know, Obi-Wan did say back in the Clone Wars, so I mm-hmm. guess that, that implies more than one war, but this, the Revenge of the Sith, thing on disney plus implies that there are multiple wars happening at the same time whereas right. i would think you know back during the clone wars would have been like oh there's like a war and then there's another war and then there's another war that to me is how thing but you know it's a galaxy who who knows <laughs> not george lucas yeah I, I guess in a way you could say it's like you know the the american military or the marine have, have they've not been in one war they've been in a series of war it's like right we've been in world which, war one world war two exactly so it's war, yeah so the like you're more sort of saying like all the war like because i wouldn't be surprised if like the clone the clones came in stopped one war on one planet and then we're off to another planet with another war it's right like, if yeah. it's right if it's on a different planet is it a different war yeah i, I guess so if it's yeah, it depends on what faction you're fighting like yeah i mean because the, there's a span of what between these movies were uh, so it was like 10 years from one to two and then like three years from two yeah. to three so so i guess like there's really like that's a lot of wars in three years <laughs> fortunately they can travel from planet to planet instantaneously <laughs> like star trek <laughs> i like the title of this movie right off the bat because it was every i mean all star wars fans know that it was supposed to be revenge of the jedi yeah, yeah. yeah. but then he thought that was too dark and now they're going dark so he uses the word he wanted to use in 1983. I thought that was a nice touch right off the bat. Yeah. And it's crazy that he, like uh, Mark Hamill even says that in an interview where he like there was like a, someone was asking him like, an, like a news reporter or something was like, oh, you're going to do a couple more of these. And he's like, yeah, we got we're finishing up this feel like, you know, this uh, Empire Strikes Back movie. And then they're like, then the next one we're going to do is the the revenge of the Jedi. Like, yeah. So I had when I was. How old was I when this came out? I was maybe nine or ten when Return of the Jedi came out. Yeah, and I had a Revenge of the Jedi T-shirt. Oh, did you? Oh, wow. Yeah. Before they changed it, they actually did print yeah. some T-shirts. Those were, were and and same thing. I had because I was in the Star Wars fan club, 
and you got your Bantha tracks, you know, you got like, you got all the stuff in the mail and Star Wars fan club got, it was a patch. It was mm. a black patch with red letters. that said revenge of the Jedi. And then they changed it. And even as a kid, I remember thinking like, this is probably going to be really valuable. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I have no idea where it is. Yeah. Same. <laughs> All right, so in addition to the characters that were in the previous ones, we've already mentioned Tian Midan, played by Bruce Spence. Uh, we finally get Chewbacca, because we've really wanted to see Chewbacca in these prequels, played by Peter Mayhew again, and Mon Mothma, played by Genevieve O'Reilly, who shows up again in Rogue One and the Andor series. And I think she's great in those. She's barely in this. She's fine in this, but I think she's really good in, in Andor. And, and, and it's the same actress and all Same actress, yeah. And and so, uh, you know Andor. what? They ha- the Mon Mothma shows up in Return of the Jedi. Now they're doing prequels. They get a younger actress. She looks close enough, and she does a great job. Why couldn't they do that in Rogue One with Carrie Fisher and yeah, Peter Cushing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we did not need CGI characters for that. Right. Yeah. It is not. I mean, that that woman that that plays that character does a really good job. You're right, and it it's not a lot, but it's it's if you pay attention to the finer details, the fans are gonna go nuts for it especially when this one has a lot more going on in it it's it's probably the longest of the three i would assume right certainly felt like it watching it <laughs> but like even i mean jack's a big harry potter fan so like we like when they got to that last book and it was like they still have so much to do <laughs> that they split it into two movies this thing that didn't happen with this obviously but it has to be longer i feel, I feel like this movie's two hours and 20 minutes it is maybe. yeah it is two two twenty one. So, okay. slight tangent, Jack. What do you think about uh, HBO rebooting Harry Potter as a series? I think that it is a good idea if they had initially done it that way, because I think it makes sense to do it as a TV show. You can like really do a season for each book and stuff like that. But they just made these movies like ten years ago. I don't understand. Right. Yeah, it's 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 just a way that they know they're going to make more money. I, I don't care enough to watch it i mean i'm sure i'll see enough of it at some point but i don't have any like desire to be like oh i gotta see this now well, just watch the great movies that already right. <laughs> but we're not talking about harry potter we're talking about star wars and in this movie we get general grievous solid yeah yeah what do you think about general grievous like it i okay he's interesting because it's like he's this weird cyborg you know heart and lungs connected to a robot but he's also got like organic eyes under a robot face and he was taught lightsabers by Dooku and he collects lightsabers from Jedi's that he kills. Sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> it, it was funny to me. It's so they, they obviously they, they needed a sub villain because they were going to kill off Christopher Lee early in the movie. Yeah. So like Dooku's out. So it's like, so you can't just have like, it, it's gotta be like, you know, two always in the Star Wars movies. Always there are two. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess he's not really like a... a he's know, not a Sith. He's not a Sith. He's, yeah. He's like some random thing. So they weren't about they weren't about to introduce some Sith that like... Because it's like, it takes time to train one of those. It's like, you know, and obviously you're going to end up with a new apprentice at the end of the movie. So you can't, you right. can't have an apprentice that's just there for no purpose. So they had to come up with some other third character that's just like an evil guy and introduce him in one movie. Yeah. God forbid we let Maul stick around for any length of time yeah yeah <laughs> no we got to have a new guy every month oh, see maul should have come back oh maul, yeah. maul should have stuck through these movies yeah he should, well, he should at least come back in three it's yeah. like yeah robotic yeah, losing legs. him early yeah. was a waste i like general grievous because he was 
kind of intimidating. And he, all of his scenes were opposite Ewan McGregor. And I think that this is Ewan McGregor at his best in all three of these movies. He's pithy, mm-hmm. but, 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 uh, you know, the Jedi master that we wanted to see, like, this is like, this is him in his full form, mm-hmm. the, the, the Obi-Wan at his best. And then, you know, they did that series then, and it was Obi-Wan not at his best. And I thought that worked too, but mostly because it's Ewan McGregor and he's, he's pretty damn great. So I, I, I like the interaction. Right. I just, I, I'd like General Grievous because of the interplay of him and Obi-Wan. I guess it does give some credit to how how could Obi-Wan be able to withstand the awesome light lightsaber powers I of I didn't of, like of Anakin. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, oh, but he's, Anakin. he's able to fight. This guy's got four lights like right. they, they establish him as like a like a dominant lightsaber fighting master. Like yeah. I didn't think he should have been able to defeat Grievous. Like for for I don't care how much skill Grievous has, but he, but he but he's he, got four spinning lightsabers. But he doesn't he doesn't defeat him with a lightsaber. He shoots him. Uh yeah yeah. So I think he kind of realizes like yeah I can't I can't beat this guy with lightsaber. <laughs> so he's not that good. Yeah no he's not. <laughs> and one thing that kind of bugged me about this, and then again it's only the second time I watched this movie, but this is opening shot, right? And it, we go to the crawl. We pan down like every other Star Wars movie. We pan down to a to a planet with a ship or whatever, and we're looking at one of these ships. And then we see the two little we see like what's it Obi Wan and mm-hmm. Anakin's starfighters flying in over the ship, but we can see around the ship, right? Yeah, yeah. The ship is not filling the frame. Yeah, you can see the planet below it, and then we come in and we follow Anakin and Obi-Wan's fighters as they go along the surface, and then they go around the other side of the ship. And once we go around the other side of the ship. Now, all of a sudden, we see the entire field of view of this planet is surrounded, is like filled with ships in a bow. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't we see this yeah, before? Yeah. We could see around the ship before. We should have seen all the other things happening. But it was one of those things where they wanted to make it a surprise as we got around the thing. <laughs> I will say without Grievous, you wouldn't have the the greatest Star Wars moment when Ewan McGregor drops in the scene and goes, Hello there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does he say hello there <laughs> which, which to this day he's the mcgregor says that's the number one thing that people say to him on the street is hello there like yeah yeah <laughs> it's great it's he's he is funny yeah. and it's yeah, yeah. because yeah. it's him and it's 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 the way he does his line delivery and stuff like that and i i think that all comes from this they're, they're not really like have like a enemy situation i mean they are de- definitely enemies but they don't have a history do they I don't think like, so. Do they, do they mention that? Like that, you know, they've been, they've known about each other for years. They're I thought not they, like, I thought uh, they Gra- said that they had fought him once before. Did but he? Yeah. I thought did Grievous he? said something about like, oh, I've waited a long time for this, whatever. All right. So there's some maybe hinted at history. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. No, you're right. Grievous does say that like the, the, the legend of the, those two is well known, like of Anakin and Obi-Wan are well known and he's looking, he's been looking forward to fighting them. And I think he sort of like opens up his sleeve and shows all the, lightsabers he's gotten from different jedis and stuff yeah i find it this the first 20 minutes and the, it's a long opening Be, that whole space battle the stuff that goes under the bridge of that ship and the whole crash of that ship mm-hmm. it's a long i mean it it's, yeah. i mean D- dave i mean you both of you guys know about this like when i was still projecting this it was 35 millimeter film and each reel of film is about 20 minutes the whole beginning of this movie is the whole first reel of the film. Because I remember having to splice 
splice from real one to real two and putting this together. And it was, I think during the crash. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is a long opening. Yeah. Yeah. But it's entertaining. It's way more entertaining than anything I've seen in the last four hours that they gave me. Yeah. I'll give you that. Something occasionally happens. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, there's, there's a plot to that, yeah. because there is something going on and that shouldn't be a lot to ask for, but it seems like it is sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Had you ever, did you ever see the, uh, the alternate there's, there's a, a video online they cut together from the practicing of this movie and it's the alternate choreography for the fight between Anakin and Dooku. And there's this move in there because because he like this was kind of cool. I thought that they should they should have put this in the movie. I don't know why they didn't. But there's a like because of how many times Anakin has had like his hand cut off. Like there's there's a moment in the battle in like the fight uh, like on the like the, the bridge of the ship or whatever there, where like uh, Palpatine's watching the two of them fight. Yeah, there's a moment where Dooku is gonna slice off Anakin's hand and he lets go of his lightsaber and then lets the, the blade come through and then catches it underneath. Oh yeah, yeah. And just kind of shows that he learned like not to get your hand cut off. And that's funny. I didn't notice that, but that I I remember seeing like when uh, Arya Stark did that in Game of Thrones when she was fighting the yeah. Ice King. That's like the new move is like drop your thing yeah, and yeah. catch it again and yeah, then yeah. stab somebody. There's a there's a deleted scene that I know is on all the DVDs and stuff of Grievous killing. I believe it's Shakti. Yeah, who is the Whatever Ahsoka is, whatever that race is, I forget. She's the Jedi Master that looks like that. So I think they should have left that in. That would have made that would have given him more gravity. Like yeah, you, you yeah. not you know you see, and he puts the lightsaber in his little robe. Yeah. So it's like we're just we're just seeing the lightsabers in the in the original version and believing what he's saying. It would have been cool to see him kill her. I don't know. Maybe they thought that was too dark. It ends up being very dark. So I don't know why that would have mattered. But I would have liked to have seen that in the in the actual cut of the movie. I feel like that's that's a larger comment that well because usually at the end of these podcasts we'll talk about how we would have fixed this you know series or whatever. And I think the, the larger right. theme is more yeah more backstory and interesting things like that than just like sitting around debating like what they should do shouldn't do and like the Senate stuff. And, so yeah, many board meetings. In these movies. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> It, it was it was like trying to he spent so much time trying to justify the actions of the senators and everything like on screen versus like showing you like who the characters are and what their backstories are. Yeah. Well, that's why you do the show. Yeah. They also fall into this trap at least two times in this opening sequence where the bad guy droid like the battle droids get the drop on the good guys yeah, yeah. and they just say like freeze. And they don't actually shoot them, even though they're in the middle of combat. Mm-hmm. And it, it and it's kind of because like, they did it in Jedi on on Endor when they're trying to blow up the shield generator. And I'm tired of that, you yeah. know. And that like so many movies do that, where it's like the good guy is like just slaughtering bad guys left and right. But then when the bad guys get the drop on the good guys, it's like, hey, freeze, drop your weapon. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny. I never really realized until now that the opening to Phantom Menace is very similar to revenge of the sith in that it's like the two of them like trying to escape from a ship yeah it's it's, it's yeah it's like obi-wan and, and gwygon like escaping like the ship oh, yeah. and then also them escape it's like kind of mirrors their relationships wow, it's like, ring theory yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because i was gonna say like 
an example of bad dialogue. I can't remember. Like, is it in episode one or is it in episode three? When it's, it's got to be three. When when he's the, the like the little like shields come down over them, and he says, "Wait a minute, how did this happen? We're better than this. We're better than this, <laughs> yeah." <laughs> there are some comments in the movie that are like, "Oh, this is sort of a meta comment." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the battle droids groan as they fall over and die. <laughs> Which is another one of those. Just I, like, like, why? Why would you give you. them like? If you're gonna give them a personality, why would you give them a moronic personality where they're just right. sort of like, like they, they just they yeah. Roger, 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 Roger. Like, yeah, <sighs> yeah. Everything. It, that that is a that is a bad misstep in all of these. They're they're trying to make them funny. Is it like they call it the one calls R two's like stupid little astromech or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, they, they shouldn't be commenting on how other exactly. droids. They're, they're robots. Look. Why would they need yeah. that? That yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and then in the second episode when they come upon the droid factory and three PO is like, "My goodness, shut me down! Machines making machines." How do you fucking think machines are made, you <laughs> idiot? Come on. <laughs> They're all made by Anakin. Right. Anakin made right. handmade every single machine. And yeah. Every single droid is artisanally made by a <laughs> nine-year-old boy. <laughs> you can get him on his Etsy. Yeah. Exactly. God damn it. The beginning of this has the little-known fact that R2-D can fly. Oh, boy. Here it uh, is. Yeah. Well, that was actually he did that in, in the two, droid yeah. factor. Yeah. He does it again here. Did he? And, yeah, uh, and then in this okay. one, but he does a thing where the the battle droids are attacking him, and he sprays him with oil, and then and then launches his jets, which sets the oil on fire. Which which it would be sort of like let me let me slit my wrists and, <laughs> and, and spray blood everywhere so that they slip and, and fall. Then light it on fire. <laughs> yeah, so they they eventually land this uh, ship. They crash land it, and um, <laughs> it's funny because they 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 hit the runway. They knock out this like conning tower and then Obi-Wan says another happy landing. You probably killed like five people when you hit that tower, dude. Let's not be so glib. (laughs) Right. So the rest of the movie is the fall of Anakin uh, who becomes Darth Vader. And it's, it's so he had this dream in the second movie about his mom and he couldn't save her. And then now he has a dream about Padme dying in childbirth and not being able to save her. Palpatine uh, can sense all this because of his deal, and he preys on him and tells him that, oh, you know. Did you ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> I know. It, at what point is Anakin like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> like, <laughs> at the opera? Yeah. Come sit next to me at the opera. Talk about Fifth Element. Yeah. Yeah, really. <laughs> I believe that opera, I am not making this up. I think I remember this. The opera that they are watching is called Squid Lake. Yeah. Not making it up. What I saw was that it is a Mon Calamari opera, and the crew, as they were making the movie, nicknamed it Squid Lake. I don't mm, know okay. if it's named Squid Lake in the movie, but it very like, well could Like be. a rip of Swan Lake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, essentially the crux of the rest of the movie is Anakin step-by-step thinking that the Jedi are evil and taking over the Senate being manipulated by Palpatine. And it's all so very juvenile. From my perspective, the Jedi are evil. (laughs) (laughs) His hair is better though. It is. Yeah. Really? I mean, better than it was in two. Yeah. Barely. (laughs) It just looks like Don Dockin or something. He just just stepped off the hockey rink. 
And there are no beard or hair problems with Obi-Wan in this movie. That is another bonus. He's got the goatee and his little kind of just like side part. And he looks wonderful. Because they gave him an actual haircut that he could wear around for like outside of the movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, so eventually Anakin goes, or Obi-Wan goes to, no, Anakin goes to Mustafar. Well, okay, let's back up a bit. Order 66, Anakin kills the Jedi kids, all the stormtrooper or the clone troopers kill all the Jedi, and then he Anakin is supposed to go to Mustafar to kill the Separatists, because that's, I mean, Palpatine's been running both he's, sides he's been gearing up to that one for a while yeah. <laughs> he's like he's running both sides of the coin and now we got to get rid of this guy these people just because i don't know why you would set up base on an active volcano but that's beside the point point. and then padme goes there to warn him and obi-wan sneaks on her ship and hides there and then they have the big fight now did you dave did you when we were kids did you hear about the big fight on a volcano was that something no. you were aware of no, was that the was that like that something was, somebody said? Yeah, that was a thing. Like I don't know if it was in Bantha tracks or somehow it just got out into the zeitgeist that Obi Wan and Anakin fought on a volcano, and that's mm-hmm. how he became Darth Vader. I, I even remember hearing. You remember that? that? Like, and yeah, like even when I was a kid in like the you know the early nineties, like hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. So they like, were. They were going to make this happen no they matter what. Make this happen. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I think a, a lot of that book stuff, I mean, it's like George Lucas pretty much would, would thumbs up, thumbs down on things you could do. It's not like it was just you could run off and write whatever you wanted. You right. still had to like get his approval. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it was his giving approval or if it was his way of getting ideas. Someone being like, oh, I thought it'd be cool if, yeah, no, I, you know, in the past <laughs> of Star Wars, they fought on a volcano and he was probably like, oh. we, we kind of established that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, he, he kind of works in both ways. Like that's how he'll he either come up with an idea or pretend that he came up with the idea. Yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. Cause that's, I mean, if we go back to the making of the original movies, the first movie, you know, he has this idea, he has the treatment, he wrote most of the script. But then he just basically hires a bunch of model makers and art artists, Ralph McQuarrie and other people, and they just start drawing shit and making models. And he's like, oh, that's cool. Let's do that. Oh, all right. Let's write that into the story. Okay. I like that. Let's do that. Okay. You know, and so the story changes based on his input from other people. Which- well, what was the, the original Star Wars title? It was like, it was like, yeah, a journey of the will. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Story of Libyan star killer. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You should know this, Dave. You did a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I only half listen. <laughs> it's like as told by the Journal of the Wills. Yeah, like, yeah, you're yeah. like, what? <laughs> like, what is this? And it all comes back to Donnie Yen. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie Yen. <laughs> I saw that. Force and the Force is with me. One of the only ones I did see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what it, that planet, am I making this up or... What are those robots making? What is the metal? Are they forging the metal that is making the Death Star? I have no or am I idea. making that up? I mean, that, that's, hey, we'll throw with it. I like it. Yeah. That seems like a good idea, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would make sense as to why they're there and why that's like their base. Because that last shot, you do see a Death Star under yeah. construction. Yeah, we see a little, right. We see that. And then earlier in the, in the movie, we see some plans for the Death Star. Yeah. Yeah. So I, at the I, end, of, and then end of two, they have the plans for the yeah, Star. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just making this up. I was, I, I was, I was under the assumption that 
that's why they were there and that was the home base because i mean i don't know how metal is forged especially in a galaxy far far away but they look like the big kind of like curved side like almost like the out the outer shell of mm. the death star okay that that those robots were making sure. that they were jumping on and stuff i buy that mm-hmm. i didn't think about that that makes sense if that's not true it should be yeah Right, so then I don't know how long this fight lasts on Mustafar, but it lasts for a, quite a while. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, I don't care how good of a Jedi you are, but being that close to molten lava, mm-hmm. you're dead. Yeah. You're just yeah. dead. <laughs> you would just poof, right? Yeah. It's a good fight scene, though. And the music is fantastic. Okay. Dave's not sold on that <laughs> one. <laughs> you, you, I know you're, the- you're so hung up on that, 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 double like the triple fake out between the two of them where they just spin lightsabers actually i didn't even think about it until it happened and i was like okay that's stupid i'm still like the fight scene is fine it's fine it's i agree with you it's not great it's like they're they're just jumping from thing to thing and then to me the stupidest is when they they're both holding onto wires and they're just like slashing at each other while they're like yeah yeah i mean honestly (laughs) this is probably this scene has the most character reason to exist. Like every other fight in the prequels is just like, okay, we just got to have some buddy fight. Whereas, you know, in the, in the original series, you've got, okay, Obi-Wan versus Darth Vader, Luke versus Darth Vader, Luke versus, like these all mean something. And there's dial, there's meaningful dialogue happening in the fight. And, and most of the prequel fights, it's just, Hey, let's have a bunch of people with, with light tabers. Mm-hmm. This one is like, okay, this fight is the fight we've all been wanting to see. It has a purpose. It, ha- it has to happen and it has to end a certain way. Right. And, and you've, you've seen these two characters for three movies work together or interact. And it should have a lot more, I think impact than it does. But then again, that's just me. I, I do enjoy the, I, I do enjoy the payoff where they set up in episode one about, you know, Obi-Wan jumping up and flipping over and and the, and then he he knows he's like dude you can't do that to me like that was already i already pulled that trick you that never that works trick. i've only done it twice yeah he did it once in the, this movie but, but that's the thing is i think he's ta- he's telling him in this movie he's like you can't do that to me i already know about this the only reason it worked last time was the guy didn't know about it like <laughs> high ground yeah apparently mythbusters did an episode where they tested it and it turns out high ground doesn't make a difference <laughs> oh really yeah and i think i guess i just feel i feel the opposite then i i remember watching this in the theater by myself i this was a movie i made sure you know if it came out on a friday i built this up and i had it ready and i was going to watch this by myself with nobody talking to me because i had been waiting mm-hmm. to see this fight since i was a little boy and i was satisfied i was i was kind of into it and i remember kind of going through it with them and the dialogue especially from you mcgregor and his disappointment yeah. in him and the situation i think it's a well acted scene at least on his half and i i was completely satisfied by the way things turned out i'm kind of was sitting there channeling my four-year-old five-year-old self so i i I guess it worked for me. I agree. And I agree. I agree that I think the cul- the culmination on this is really strong. And I do, I do agree with you that the, the emotional scene of Obi-Wan feeling like, you know, it's, it's like everything we did together is now lost and it's, it's gone forever. Now you, you've made this turn and you've chosen who you're going to be. And I feel like I've lost a family member and I, he, he does that really well in that scene. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he is, he's at his most desperate 
and most disappointed. And he says, I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not only let him down, he's, he's let everyone in this galaxy down. Mm-hmm. Because the and, and I mean, he had more pressure on him than he had asked for, and he didn't deliver. So mm. I think his scene from his side, and and, uh, and I mean, Hayden Christensen, I think he gets a better rap than he deserved, but he can't keep up with Ewan McGregor. No, he just no, can't. Yeah, I think Ewan McGregor is one of the greatest act American actors, or no, he's not American; he's Scottish. But you know what I mean. One of the greatest actors of all, of like the last ten years, and you get to see a little flash of that here yeah yeah yeah. i think that um he, he he does a really good job because i remember also what like in the obi-wan series he has a, a like a confrontational scene with vader at the end and it's and it's very similar to this and I, he kind of has like the the flip side of this conversation where in episode three he feels like he let him down and he couldn't save him and stuff like that and but then in the obi-wan series he felt like after that battle he finally realizes like I can write you off. You're not, you're not actually, you're not actually the person that I cared about. You're somebody completely different. Yeah. And so like, I, I don't feel like I let you down. I let down the other person. They, 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 I think the end of that series, they did a good job. The, 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 the run of the Obi-Wan series is a little bit convoluted and I, uh, I didn't make it past the first episode. <laughs> at least go watch that at like that last episode yeah. with, yeah, with, uh, they did a really cool thing where they, they gave a lot of redemption to the Hayden Christian, Hayden Christensen character. Uh, in the sense that like they break the Vader mask and it's half broken. Right. And so in the, 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 the voice drifts between Anakin and, and Darth Vader and it's, okay. it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was completely satisfied with that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best thing to me that Disney has done that series. Really? Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, with star Wars, that's the best thing. Not the done. first season of Mandalorian. Eh. Don't care. <sighs> right. Don't care. Don't care about that at all. See, but um, Dave, you're really into like the Star Wars as a whole. It's like the universe, the universe as a whole. I mean, I'm into good characters. But yeah, that's why. But that's what I mean is like, whereas to a lot of people, like Star like Star Wars is like the the Skywalker saga. Yeah, I don't give a shit about this Mandalorian bullshit on the side. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, all right, yeah, I'll I'll admit to that fault. Yeah. <laughs> See, no, 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 you, you, no, you have, uh, you, you, uh, you have, you succumb to bat to good taste is what it is. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I am of, I have always been of the school where all good things come to an end and there is a le- legitimate end point to those stories somewhere. And I think it was the, I think it happened in 1983, honestly. <laughs> so, yeah. You want to start something new, start something new and do your own thing. And I'm glad people enjoy it. I just don't. Yeah. I wish they would start something new. Like mm-hmm. the Mandalorian is sort of the Mandalorian and Andor are sort of the only ones that have tried to sort of, but they still kind of drift in, they drift the sto- in yeah. and out of the story. Yeah. It's, it's true. Yeah. So it would be nice to see something that's completely separate. Yeah. Which they're, they're going to, the, was it Sith Acolyte or whatever? Okay. Which takes place like 500 years before yeah. the movies. So that means like, can't really do oh, anything sure. there. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll give it a shot see how it goes. Why not? I don't know. It, to me, like the, the, regardless of the execution of the prequels and everything, it's the, like the, the overall story, like of, of like the, the, of Anakin's fall to darkness and then his redemption and stuff like that told through the six movies. That's good storytelling. 
they didn't do a good job in doing it. Right. It's and, a good idea. Yeah. It's poorly yeah. executed. It's, that's that's yeah. what I'm saying. Is it's yeah. a great story, poorly executed. With good music. Yeah. With, with, <laughs> with phenomenal music. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else on the end of uh, this thing? So the, the twins are born, and for some reason, they decided to take Luke right back. Back to where Vader grew up for some reason. We'll hide him on the one place he'll never find him. <laughs> he'll never think to look <laughs> with his own The last place he lived. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Handcuffed by the original story. Yeah. Well, right. That's the thing. I mean, it, 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 I think it's smart in a sense that it's like the one place Vader would never go back to. Yeah. Bad man. But bad if, you're, if, if Vader hired a PI, if Vader, well, actually, Vader doesn't even know he has kids, right? Yeah. He uh, yeah. He thinks they're dead. He thinks they're dead. Yeah. But if he did, he's like, all right, I'm going to hire a PI. To go look for these kids that I might have. Mm-hmm. What is the first place a PI would look? All known people who ever knew him. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but he has not no reason to. It's like he's got no reason to go there, and he's or he's got he's got no reason to look for kids, and he's never going to go back to that planet again. Yeah. Also, like, do 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 we know that Skywalker is not like? You know, a very common generic name. Yeah, it's like the Smith. Of yeah, exactly. Yeah, like everyone, we got thirty Skywalkers here. What do you? What do you mean? Yeah, yeah sure. We adopted a Skywalker who lives with the Lars family, yeah. who owned the robot that he made. You know. Yeah, the end of the movie is anticlimactic, right. and that's the thing. Fight. They just had they had boxes they had to check, and. I am like after in subsequent viewings when I was a projectionist, I would go down and watch the fight again. And, and the, even that scene where he's being pieced together. And then once that was over, I would move on to my other tasks. Like I didn't need to see the rest. (laughs) (laughs) I think the, the, the one thing that the Obi-Wan series ruined for me though, is that the, the belief that, uh, in, in uh, you got Ewan McGregor at the end of episode three, and you're like, okay, twenty years goes by, and now it's Alec McGinnis, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I get it. It's like it's a harsh sun planet. It's like you're gonna yeah. age. It's like, but then now it's like, you know, it's like we jump to the ten year point, and he looks exactly like Ewan McGregor. It's like, it's like so okay, and even now it's like Ewan McGregor is probably only like maybe like eight years younger than Alec Guinness was in the first movie. Yeah, it's like, and he looks phenomenally better than he did. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's stuff like that that make it fun it makes it fun on another level <laughs> in yeah. a room kind of level you can just like mess with it which it sucks that they, they there's you, there's like a in like an expected life to the obi-wan character because you could have you mcgregor keep playing that character for like another decade or two it's like but nope right. sorry he's got to die on yeah on the death star yeah yeah all because george lucas literally said well i realized at some point there was nothing for obi-wan to do anymore in the movie so i figured like i might as well just write him out yeah that's more short-sightedness yeah it's like darth maul it's like killing one of your your yeah. best things just just yeah. because you're like well i don't know what to do with this thing anymore like yeah all right anything else on episode three or the prequels in general no best hair and this covered a lot of ground <laughs> there yeah, all right well- no can we, can we give our Academy Awards for categories of uh, best <laughs> hair and makeup goes to, to episode three? <laughs> I mean, best of the three. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's rate this thing. Jack, let's have you go first. This is a lot better, I think, than both of the other two. Just because, like I said earlier, something something happens sometimes. So I think, the, and I like we said, I think the final battle is good. I mean, maybe not as good as choreographed as the one in Phantom Menace, but... I think there's a lot of like emotion and heart to it, which makes it 
at least something compared to what we saw before. Um, and this, it's just a lot of fun. I think I don't, I think that the runtime of it doesn't, I don't really feel it. Like I feel like it kind of honestly goes by pretty quickly. I would give this, I would honestly give it up to an eight just because I've had a lot of fun watching it and I have a lot of like good memories with it. And I know we glossed on like the meme culture behind it. I honestly think that has uh, heightened my <laughs> like for this it, just yeah. because I've seen so many memes or like tweets making little jokes about this that when you see it in the movie, it's like, oh, well, they had a point. It was funny. So yeah. Yeah. I think that has honestly helped my opinion of it a little bit. All right, Dave. This is the fourth best Star Wars movie. And if I was going to rate like the original trilogy, they, that would be. 10 10 10 so i'm gonna go higher and say seven i really do like this and i remember and this isn't an opinion that has changed over the years because of the new disney things i always like this movie i think it's more than solid um like i said i think it's the fourth best it's better than any of the new sequels better than any of the tv shows that i've seen um yeah seven strong praise eric i I, i'm gonna have to say seven as well and i i I agree i think it is the fourth best movie he's giving me a look right now and shaking his head (laughs) but i i do i like this this is the one that i've rewatched like obviously i've watched four five and six the most but it's like i've rewatched this like the you know episode three i don't know maybe every couple years yeah i don't why watch one or two like ever and it's like and i don't plan on rewatching eight and nine like anytime soon but i'll still (laughs) rewatch three every occasionally yeah okay all right I'm gonna hang up on y'all in a minute. <laughs> and i'm being kicked out the door right now so. uh yeah i i hated every minute of watching all three of these movies and i'm still at a three because i just can't stand it <laughs> no better than any of the other ones no you know it it in certain aspects it was like yeah the final scene was in, kind of interesting and 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 there's less Jar Jar and there's less little kids and the you know the story actually kind of comes to a climax and that's all well and good but the whole first sequence as I'm watching this I'm like wait R two needs to hold a fucking Lady Gillette Schick razor to communicate with people because he nobody's programmed any wireless communications into R two fuck that oh the robot groans as it falls down fuck you oh this happens fuck like i was literally livid the first <laughs> half an hour watching this movie because i hated every second of it i, I feel like i feel like you were waiting for this rant and <laughs> just to go off yeah so but that you know again no kids <laughs> now where do where do you put this in, like in i i i know you're a bit you're a big fan of seven i know that like I like seven yeah you like seven a lot like but where do you put uh, episode three in eight and nine i would say eight and nine are geez eight is tough because eight is just a weird fucking movie but it has its it has some good elements to it i, I kind of like the final battle with luke and kylo because okay. Honestly, I didn't realize it until watching it the first time that like, oh, he doesn't actually, he's not actually there. Yeah. yeah. It fooled me. I was like, oh, that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So there's a, I mean, the whole premise of that movie is stupid. The whole middle of the movie is stupid. It barely, just because it's executed better and the effects are better. I think it, it bumps up ahead of the prequels. Seven and nine are way better. Mm-hmm. And Rogue One and Solo are way better. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> So I'm I'm not as down on the Disney stuff as Dave. Now, what, what are you rating rating your um is what do you think one or two are better? Episode one and two. Yeah, like which one's better? 
you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't. They're both unwatchable. I, I feel like you'd rather you'd rather slit your throat rather than, than say that one, two, or three is better than no, <laughs> any other movie. I would say three is slightly better than one and two, but not enough to get it no, out. No, but I'm saying like to say, for you to say three is ever better than seven or eight or nine. Oh, yeah. No. But, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, that's where I come down. I get it though. Star Wars is a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It's it was one thing to everybody at one point, and now it's a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So that's true. When when I asked my son the other day, I said, "What's what's your like? What's the best Star Wars movies?" Yeah, his answers were three, six, and nine. Three, six, nine. and nine. Well, he's just wrong. Well, I said, "Well, I said, <laughs> no, no, but I but I said I asked him uh, of the, the the each like pick your favorite oh, of each oh, okay, trilogy, okay. and yeah. he was like three, six, and nine. I mean, yeah. the climax is always fun, but I think I think like uh, Palpatine plays a huge part in all of those. That's true. That's that's yeah. his thing. It's, I'd keep an eye on that. Kid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when he told me that, I was like, like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta watch you. you know, like, <laughs> that's great. Gotta find, make sure no old men are talking to you and telling you the <laughs> teach you the ways of the dark side. Somehow, yeah. Palpatine. Oh man, that opening. Yeah. <laughs> It's like it's like he gave up in writing that. He's like somehow Palpatine returned. Yeah. It's like great. You can't even fucking explain that to us in in text in an opening. Like, like JJ just yeah. Somehow he's, he's like, all right, this is the first draft. Somehow yeah, and we'll fix it later. Nope. All right, IMDb. What do we think IMDb, Eric? I feel like these are all. They've all been about six something because it's and I feel like that like we talked about it, Star Wars is you, you. There's half the fandom that loves it and half the fandom that hates the prequels. So I'm gonna say uh 6.2 6.2 jack i feel like this one's gonna be a little bit higher i'll say like a 7.5 okay dave i'll go in that range 7 out of 10 and 70 percent all right it was 7.6 for imdb Mm. um all right and you so dave you're guessing 70 percent for rotten tomatoes eric Mm -hmm. probably higher probably like 78 percent or 78 yeah 78 78 yeah and uh I'll say like an 80%. All right. You guys are real close. 79. Yeah. 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 Nice. I do remember the, the critics liking this and yeah. And being like, it's good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> jo- join us. Join us on the dark side. Day. One of us. Yeah. It's not good. It's just easier, quicker, yeah. more seductive. <laughs> all, all he will, all you will cop to is it's not as shitty as the other one. <laughs> yeah. Barely. And that was the thing. I think if, one and two had been better and gotten me more invested in the characters. And then the three third one was exactly the way it is. I would mm-hmm. like it a lot more because it would have had an emotional payoff, but I had no emotional stakes in anybody. Yeah. By the time that came around, I was just like, I don't care, which is why you, I you, felt every minute of that two hours. You, you just, <laughs> you can't take it serious and you got to just enjoy the ride. That's the only way you can enjoy the prequels. You just got to enjoy the ride. You got to live in the world that it's in. It's like, uh, you know, there's people that are like diehard Doctor Who fans. Like, yeah, that's another thing. And I and I like my wife and I tried to watch that series, like the, the the reboot series from like '05 or whatever yeah. recently. And we got like five episodes in, and I was like, I just can't, can't do it. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just like, but it's like, but I'm sure if you you know we watched Doctor Who, like it's been around since like what like the '60s. Like, well, but yeah, but even so, like Melissa, she's a fan of yeah. the new series. Yeah. She's never seen the old yeah. stuff. So like I agree like I can't get into Doctor Who either. It's yeah. just it's a style of humor that it's just not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so these So and this is like a style of it's like style especially of, episode 1 2 and 3 is a style of fantasy. It's a style of dialogue. Yeah. Like I'm a big like I, I if if the dialogue is shit I just can't get into it. <laughs> All right. 
fix it fix it <laughs> I, well i think you, yeah i think you got to uh you, you really got to tone down jar jar on the first one and you got to do something crazy you got to give me that that uh, darth jar jar <laughs> i want to see it i want to see it and yeah. i want to see maul back in three and oh, i want to see like just enjoy the re- less of the senate stuff and and so and like trying to explain the plot and make it work and more of just like take me on a ride where these crazy ass characters fight each other and gnarly stuff happens yeah i think that uh the one thing that i do appreciate about the new disney movies and what jj abrams has tried to do is the way he uses special effects there's way more practical effects and i think that this movie suffers from a lack of those mm-hmm. especially when you go back and watch it now um the technology's outdated but if you knew it was always something prosthetic or something tangible you'd be okay with that to see technology that is now obsolete even though at the time it was great and it was a stepping stone to what we are seeing now it suffers i know that these are all like star wars is has set this up it's a trilogy based storytelling device but if there was a way that they could combine episodes one and two into one movie there would have been enough going on hopefully between those two movies to make one better movie and leave episode three the way it is well have you heard of the topher grace grace (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) i like the, the actor topher grace like he took an editing course like sometime in I think in like the 2010 or something for his master thesis on his editing project he took the the original trilogy and cut it down into like a four hour movie or something and <laughs> really yeah like one movie out of the four like all three of them it was like four hours long or something and it's it's he got I mean he's an actor he's like a prominent actor so he got George Lucas's and Skywalker's like approval to screen it a few times mm. and he did and people have said it like I think he's only used like 20 minutes of episode one or something and people say it's like a phenomenal movie like i would love the best parts of everything and yeah yeah. that's a great idea and you could probably say the same for the sequels i mean there wasn't there wasn't nothing that i didn't like in those movies yeah for sure that could be two movies instead of three Mm mm-hmm I, yeah, I you, know, you, just, you can just cut out just episode cut the eight. second movie out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and one and like seven and nine work together. Yeah. I've always thought, and especially we did this eighties podcast for a long time and, and Davey been on it. The editor is just as important as the director mm-hmm. and the writer and the actors. And if you don't have good editing, you're screwed. Mm-hmm. So I think that the, the prequel trilogy suffers from a lack of, cohesive editing yeah when was it that uh, george and marsha lucas got divorced oh yeah it was before these movies came out <laughs> now now i want to edit my own one two and three yeah right yeah i, I want to i want to make i want to edit in a way that you could appreciate it David. all right <laughs> you do that will, will you watch it if i, if I, I would if I, if I made like a four hour edit of one two and three you would watch it yes and then we could do a, a commentary for the show yeah okay i'll do that yeah. all right yeah do it <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna redub Dar. Like I've got oh, access to AI. Yes. Like I'm gonna redub Jar Jar. And, yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. Also redub Tomorrow Morrison. I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else before we wrap this thing up? No, I'm sorry that you were had to watch these, Dave. Yeah. This is the price you pay for putting out a quality podcast. This is this is why I've avoided doing this for four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. 
Uh, as I've been doing lately, I, I wrote a haiku about these movies, and here it is. I really hate sand. It's coarse like this dialogue. Misa thinks it stinks. <laughs> See, you can't hate on Jar Jar when you put him in your haiku. <laughs> I was, can and beautiful. I do. <laughs> that was beautiful. All right. Thanks you, thank you, uh, Dave and Jack, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Any, uh, any uh, stuff you want to plug while you're here? Billy's full count, so, back catalog, <laughs> episodes zero through fourteen. Nice. Sorry, right. here they're available on news.com. My voice progressed over the three years we recorded it. I actually, I will go listen to one of these. Really- you probably have some Peter Brady moments on some of those yeah. where you're like, <laughs> "Pete Rose was the best first baseman ever." <laughs> Son, right. it was nice talking to you. It was good talking to you, Father. Maybe again in another six months. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. For more podcasts like this, check out everything over at neozaz.com. And you can find us at Sequel Harder on Facebook, Mastodon, and Gmail. Stay tuned. And we'll be back in the completely well thought out ahead of time sequel trilogy.